My Three name's Angel. And welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 80 fight card, giving you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our DraftKings plays. But before I do, let us send you $50. The only thing you need to do to get this $50 is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's affiliate marketing. You're going to click the link. You're going to make a deposit. They're going to pay me. They're going to say thank you for bringing us this wonderful customer, Angelo. Here's a couple of bucks, and I'm going to slice off $50 of that, and I'm going to send it right back to you. We want picks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. We'll send you that 50 bucks. You can use that $50 to become a premium member. Premium membership is going to get you all sorts of tools, information, bets, insight, value. It's the greatest value in this space, period, end of story. One of those tools is the line movement tracker. This card now has two fighters that went from an underdog to a favorite. Montana De La Rosa, officially a favorite. The other one is Joaquin Buckley, opened plus 130, now cruising as the favorite. And four different fighters have had 20% line movement or more. You can use this tool as well as the detailed data metrics and analytics. You can use this to find spots. You can use this to scare yourself away. You can use this to do your own research. This is 38 columns of details, data, metrics. We have odds, we have fighter stats, we have their last five, we have striking stats, grappling stats, all of that information laid out nice and neat. And then we even divide it up into small chunks that you can sort, dig into, and again, do your own research. If you value your time, this takes like eight hours to put together, five hours to put together. Imagine if you had to do that for $10, you get four of these a month. You're also going to get bah, 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 a DraftKings optimizer. If you don't know what DraftKings fantasy is. What is that from? Just like a DJ thing, man. You never. No, I know. I, but I, I'm, I know I'm that you've never been in the club. So I'm picturing uh, a movie or something. Anyway. The DraftKings Optimizer is going to build lineups for you. It's going to use all the data that's already inside of it that we put in there, the best data in the game, and it's going to be a fancy calculator and build a fantasy lineup for you. And if you don't know what DraftKings Fantasy is, it's okay because we have courses that will walk you through exactly what it is and how to play it. Click on more in the menu, click on courses in the menu, and walk through that. It's also more than just me and fucking live in La Vida Loca over here. You're also going to get Running Mouth MMA. That's three people's worth of picks, bets, details, and information. You're also going to get Artem, who's breaking down far more than just UFC. Bellator 300, also this weekend. His picks, bets, insight. Dana White Contender Series every oh, Tuesday. Oh, Contender Series. I'll be live for Contender Series tomorrow Jacob night. is now we're here on Monday. We are filming on Mondays now so that Jacob can live stream Contender Series. Artem... His contender series breakdowns, the insight, the picks, the bets are a full week ahead. So if you go to Artem's page on the premium side of things, you're going to see next week's contender series and pick doctor and AI. I've got a, a little bit of a bone to pick with Artem too. And I've already kind of discussed it a little bit, but last week I went live for contender series and it was, I did it completely blind. I was just going off of what I looked at uh, on face-offs or whatever, but Artem was in the chat and there was a female fight and he told me that this one female Throws like four to six strikes around, and the uh, just low volume like crazy. Do you know how many strikes <laughs> she landed? <laughs> Angelo, over two hundred significant strikes landed. That's he's so like, funny. and he said this week, he's like, dude, if you watch her film, 
that is out of the ordinary. So a little bone to pick with him, but typically he's pretty spot on. Uh, I know. Well, I'm not keeping track of all of it. Uh, I'm not, but my oldest is, so I'm really. Well, you sound a little. uh... That's because I was rushing. I haven't been sick. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not going to jinx it, guys. Everything that I mentioned. It's a big week this week. The hundreds of things I did not mention. $10 a month. Just go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. Stop wasting everybody's time. Become a freaking member. We almost have 3,000 members. 3,000. Almost. Not quite 3,000. We're we're right there. Did you know that if you ask a guy to hold up the number three, that they will always do this or this for some reason? They won't do They do this. Yeah, no, I I think it might be this or this, but they never do this. I saw TikTok about it. They just kept asking random people to put number three and they either did this or... This is hard. This is like a lot of work. This seems not supernatural. I probably would do this, but this doesn't seem too crazy, but nobody did it. I do... I normally do this, and that's probably from wrestling just forever. That's, you know, whatever. That's how I do it. But this... Is like this is two internationally. Americans the only ones that do this. Other countries go one, two, what three. What the fuck? As you should. Oh, yeah, the new. <laughs> what the, the fuck was that? The new Mac OS. Oh wait, double thumbs. Look what double thumbs does. You don't have a. Hey, we're celebrating, baby. I don't have a Mac. I have a Mac. You're doing this on the Mac right now? Yeah. Did you install the new OS? Yeah. Then you have to click on the top in the menu bar there. There's like a little square. I'm scared. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up. Well, anyway, you got to turn it on. Anyway, let's go ahead and break Why this. Why would you turn that on? I was messing with it the other day, and then I forgot to turn it off. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, how often am I like? Wait, let's see what this is. Mm. Uh, and that's like <laughs> for conference calls or something with the it's, it's anytime the camera's being used so angela right. let's go to you how's how's this week been for you for work it's been great <laughs> come on faster motherfucker all right it's double thumbs. Oh, oh there you go oh yay double thumbs is a whole thing balloons i think there's an speaking i think oh. rain is one Speaking of balloons. <laughs> that's, that's definitely not. There is a way to Speaking do like lightning. Of balloons. <laughs> First up at UFC Vegas 80, we have Montana De La Rosa taking on sh- short notice. She actually is potentially the prettiest woman in this sport and doesn't well, get the credit because she doesn't. You know, and she I doesn't want to. She doesn't herself around. She's just. Like she is very, very pretty. And it seems with my research that I did, because you guys know I, I do all the research for all these fights. Uh, uh-huh. Her husband's a little bit of a short king, I think. I think uh, he's from here. Isn't he? He's like a little Mexican guy from here. That's why there's that's where De La Rosa comes from. I know, They're from North when you Texas. Say, when he, like, when, yeah, when I picture somebody from Texas, I picture fucking Bo. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you say, when I say he's short, and you're like, yeah, he's from here. It's like most Texas people that I know are fucking absolutely huge. Well, but, Rosa was um, a dead And you giveaway. know, I never, I never disrupt. I would never disrupt a, a happy marriage, and they seem happy. And Montana does seem like a, like a beautiful woman. But, you know, if something, you know, th- weird things happen in life, and if things were to come <laughs> up, uh, I would just like to say, Montana, that I'm available. And JJ as well. There you go. You and JJ would make some pretty red children. 
well, my 23andMe is... Pretty red children. I, I cannot wait to get vindicated. My 23andMe is into <laughs> genotyping right now. As we speak, they are going through and they're like, oh, wow. Right now, they're this, they're dissecting this DNA like, holy shit. Very surprising. <laughs> I'm going to be vindicated. Gonna show I'm not up. a ginger. You're going to get... First of all... If ginger was a class that showed up on that, it would be on there for you. But you're no, gonna get—they're gonna show up at your house. They're gonna show up at your house like those scientists in ET. Remember that? Just the, the t- white—they're all like at the coats and everything. Right, That's how they're like gonna show up at your house. Yeah, in your wheelchair. Anyway, let's start this over. First up at UFC Vegas 80, we have Montana Delarosa taking on short notice. J.J. Aldrich, Montana De La Rosa, 12-8 overall, only 1-3-1 in her last five. She's coming off that loss to Tatiana Suarez. She's taking on J.J. Aldrich, 12-6 overall, 3-2 in her last five, and she's coming off that submission win over Na Liang. As I mentioned, J.J. Aldrich stepping up on short notice. Not that short. We had the week off. This was announced before the week off, so a couple of weeks, but it is... Short notice, nonetheless. Montana De La Rosa is a wrestler through and through. She's got a pretty straightforward game plan. Going to come forward, work against the cage, try to get those takedowns. She's also a real wrestler. She wrestled before her MMA career and then parlayed that wrestling into MMA. It's not like a lot of these other fighters that learn to wrestle later and then latch on. It's not like you. That's like, oh, I've wrestled my whole life, which is fake. Okay. Um, Her striking is improving. She does struggle to get her hands going. She's coming off that loss to Tatiana Suarez where she was just, you know, unlike me, she didn't wrestle her whole life, but Tatiana did. So Tatiana was able to out-wrestle her. Taking on J.J. Aldrich. J.J. is a very good striker. Well, all right, let me, let me remove very. Good striker. She's got good takedowns. Good top pressure. Good grappling. She's good everywhere. Not amazing anywhere, but good everywhere. She's not particularly dangerous. But she will come forward. She will stay busy. She'll try to, you know, grind you out into a decision win. She is primarily a striker, but she does have a negative striking differential. She really relies on volume and just forward motion to get things done. Dangerous, absolutely nowhere. But she did just finish Na Liang, where she was taken down early. And that's why I'm going with Montana De La Rosa here. You can see she opened at plus 170. She is now officially the favorite. I bet on Montana. I got Montana at plus 135. Mm. So if you're a premium member, you saw that. Maybe you tailed if you agreed with it. If you don't agree with it, don't copy people's bets. But if you agreed with it and you saw that, you got that nice and early at plus 135. And I think the reality is JJ can get taken down. Montana is a big, strong wrestler, not on short notice, that can take JJ down. I think it's that simple. JJ's striking is decent. Her takedown defense looked good against Aaron Blanchfield. But if we... Watch Aaron Blanchfield's last fight. We now know her takedowns kind of suck. And Montana's don't. So I like that. Yeah. Montana for the pick, baby. Slay. <laughs> yes, Queen. Who week do you have? Really, uh, yeah, week off. <laughs> I, I pray to God up. we don't have a week off. When's the next week off? Because Zestfully you are on a, uh, another planet right now. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Montana De La Rosa, you look at that 12 and 8 record and you think, ah, 12 and 8, you know, is she even any good? People that probably don't watch fights very often, you see that record, it probably is a red flag. And then you dive into her losses. Mackenzie Dern, 
Cynthia Calvillo back when she was, you know, Cynthia Calvillo, Andrea Lee, Vivi Arrogio, Macy Barber, Tatiana Suarez. These are very high-level girls, and she's only losing by decision to most of them. Got finished by McKenzie, got finished by Tatiana, obviously. The biggest question mark for me is going to be the short notice for JJ because I don't know. I already didn't know really what kind of JJ is going to show up because we saw the JJ that came in against Aaron Blanchfield and was really kind of dominating that fight. Took Aaron down, defended the takedowns, looked really good until Aaron kind of lucked into that um, guillotine submission. And by the way, Aaron Blanchfield, I'm one of the most overrated fighters I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, but, she, I mean, she looked really in control that entire fight. And then she comes in the last fight, minus 500, minus 600, whatever favorite she was. And I know a lot of people had her in parlays. And a lot of people in the first couple minutes of that fight were like, Oh no. <laughs> like, what is about to happen in this? Because Liang Na came in, took her down, took was her looking down aggressive. Yeah, I mean, was looking really strong in there and did what Liang Na does, and that is fade in that fight. And that allowed JJ to kind of take over once Liang Na started to fade. Montana De La Rosa is not a girl that fades. I mean, she is a tough girl that stays there from bell to bell. Even against a tough girl like Tatiana, she, she hung tough as long as she could. Against Macy Barber, I know I've given Macy Barber a lot of shit, but she is a, I mean, once you beat a man at he boss, you become, I mean, she is, a, <laughs> she is one of the most talented girls I have ever seen in my life. A great finisher as well. And she went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Macy Barber and really was kind of out-muscling Macy Barber at times in that fight. That's why I like Montana in this fight because J.J. can't, especially short notice, she can't rely on Montana just kind of getting tired and then that's when J.J. can take over. J.J.'s the better striker here, but Montana knows what she wants to do. As Angel mentioned, she is a wrestler. She's going to get in there. She's going to get the clinch. She's going to get some takedowns. She's going to make it dirty. She's going to wear down J.J., and I think she can win this fight. I, I like that bet that you placed. I actually placed a bet, not for premium, but for myself because I didn't really like to double up. We got burned a little bit last week when the female, when we doubled up, you know, <laughs> with Vidal or whatever. So I didn't double up for premium, but I did place a bet uh, personally for Montana. I think that she should be able to win this fight. But, you know, JJ is the better striker and has shown in the past that she can defend the takedown. So it worries me a little bit, but... Uh, Montana is, uh, should be uh, good to go, and I think that she is pretty good to go. <laughs> well, and odds matter, obviously, because I don't think I would have bet on Montana at minus 133. But when I saw plus 135, and I saw JJ was just taken down, and I saw JJ on short notice, I was like, I like that. So I threw a half a unit on it. But yeah, I mean, odds matter. The difference between plus 135 and minus 133, that's a, that's a big difference i mean that's the difference between making money and losing money if you have a close night so i wouldn't necessarily jump on that now would you do that now minus 133 you're that confident i'm medium i confident. mean it should be it should be a decision fight i think we both agree it should be a decision fight yeah if anyone is going to finish anyone it might be montana getting on the back maybe chasing a finish something like that and in a de decision fight i like the tenacity of montana i mean jj yeah. We'll kind of just, I don't know, she won't really wait. She's not one of those girls. She will kind of pump up the jab. But I know Montana is a girl that's going to be aggressive for those takedowns. And a decision fight, the only thing that might worry me is the judges, if she can't get the takedowns, and it's a lot of control and holding, the judges yeah, lately, in the past yet. few months, I know, in the last six months, the judges, especially in Vegas, have really turned their nose up at people that just kind of hold without doing damage. And she can do that at times. So... That is that's what worried me a little bit for putting in and in, uh, in for premium. So I don't know if I answered your question. I, honestly, I don't know. 
It sounded like a yes, so I'll take that. DraftKings-wise, 8,200. Montana may be worth it if you think she's getting the takedowns and you think she's getting that control time. That adds up in DraftKings. That really does. And she's only $8,200. We can get a 90-100-point win out of her just with takedowns and control alone, potentially even you know, if she could get a finish, which I highly doubt the, the over two and a half is minus 400. So that is pretty juice. But anyway, Montana De La Rosa, both of our picks. I had the pick when she was an underdog at plus 135. If you were a premium member, you saw that. Now it's minus 133. That gap in line alone, let's say a unit for you is a 50 bucks, 80 bucks, 100 bucks. That line swing alone. That Wow. Well, things are really going well I, for you. I bumped it up. That's congratulations, man! All that success. That swing alone is the difference between premium and not premium. For freaking ten dollars a month to get the alert on your phone, we're doing the research. We're breaking these fights down. I'm putting up premium bets a week or two weeks before the actual events. Oh wow! You get the alert on the phone. If you like it, you hop on. If you don't, you don't. We want picks.com. Click become a member. And before we move on, we've got this baby dick said. Only 1% of the population has access to bet online's early lines like you. First of all, it's far less than 1% yeah, uh, of, the, of the absolute false population. Did I, did I use that? Yeah, unequivocally. Unequivocally. Well, he said, he said population. But the reality is, I would say, at least our community, it feels like 80% of you are using bet online. We do the $50 payouts. Anybody who goes to weonpicks.com slash bets and sign up, 90% of that is bet online, and I'm paying out thousands of dollars a month. So, Almost everybody has access to the bet online odds. And if you don't, let's say you're in a state where it's perfectly legal, you're in DraftKings, whatever, you could still sign. It costs nothing to sign up, throw a hundred bucks in there, whatever it is in there. And if you do see a line early, you do see a prop early that you like, throw it. Why wait? And I tell you, this is a, I think this is a good card for props. And I'm really excited, honestly, for the Friday takedown line. I think we can get a good, I think they, we might get a good takedown line for Montana in this matchup because she really hasn't gotten a lot of takedowns. A lot of that is based on stats in the last few fights, and she really hasn't gotten the takedowns that she usually gets. Um, so we might get like a like a two and a half or something on her. I'm really interested to see what they give us for takedown lines on this one. Well, she even averages, most takedowns, even she, most takedowns could be like minus two hundred for Montana because JJ wrestles. You know, I mean, she averages almost two takedowns per fight. So to your point. They may give her a two line or a one and a half line and juice the over. I know. That's what I'm saying. Sign up, bet online. Let's see what we got going on, Montana. I believe in you, girl. I think we're going to do this, baby. The Philly boy says, what if I deposit through crypto using your link? Do you so It doesn't matter. The only the way we get paid, you only get paid if I get paid. The way we get paid is if you, if you use our link to sign up, to create your account. If you don't have a bet online account, you use our link, you make an account. I don't, it doesn't matter how you deposit money as long as you've done that. Now, people who already had an account, well, it's too late. People who went directly to the website and didn't use our link, not going to work. As long as you use the link and sign up, you are good to go. We had a, uh, a super chat as well. <clears throat> oh, let's get to it, baby. Oh, Dr. Y. $1.99 super chat says, Jacob had the biggest haram for Ernesta. In round three, that's a that was contender series reference. Yeah, so contender series, I I made my picks based on just watching the face offs, 
and Ernesto was a girl that I was like, oh, I like her. She was tall. She looked confident. She looked like a striker, looked strong. I'm like, I like her. She is going to be my pick for this fight. Before the fight started, everyone's like, no, she she is shit. The other girl's got all these first-round knockouts. She's going to lose. So I went all the way listening to the fucking chat <laughs> and bet on the other girl, loaded up on the other girl, and then Ernesto comes in, lands 200 significant strikes, and beats the fuck out of that girl. Oh, what are we... <laughs> just what a stupid ass story. Somebody DM'd the We Want Picks Instagram, so I so was I looking at it. Disrespect you like that. <laughs> there was no, there is no chance. Anytime that you're talking, it doesn't matter what you're saying. I'm locked in. I'm uh -huh. right here. I'm not talking to chat. I'm not on my phone. I am locked in on whatever you are saying. And for you to do that is I unequivocally, unequivocally the, the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Okay. And I want to apologize to Montana and JJ as well. Okay. And Mike. Is it Mike? Oh, my, my cook. Oh, nice try. No, I think it's Mike uh, De La Rosa. Is that his name? Mike? Oh. Mike? I thought it was uh, Mike Yak. Treat her so. right, man. I'm telling you. You better be <laughs> treating her right. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have Nate Maness taking on Mataus Mendanka. Nate Maness 14 and 3 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He is riding a two fight skid and he's coming back after a year away. He's taking on Mataus Mendanka, 10 and 1 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five. He is coming off of his first professional loss. The line kind of took off here. They opened it even, dead even. The odds makers are like, I don't know who's going to win this fight. And then the Sharps and then the public said, I know exactly who's going to win this fight. And this line absolutely took off. That's plus 203, not plus 2-3. Damn it. It's always something with these freaking over? graphics. Nate Maness is, is a well-rounded guy. It's probably not. Nate Maness is a well-rounded guy. He's got solid submissions, good power, good boxing, very tough, and he is willing to slug it out. He does have solid wrestling with takedowns in every single one of his UFC wins and an impressive 75% takedown defense. He's coming off that submission loss to Tagir Ulenbekov, where the reality was it was a wild scramble and he just got his neck snatched. He's taking on Shootabox's Mataus Mendanka. Shootabox is very important here because you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a dangerous guy who's very what hittable. That, what was that takedown line you said? For who? For Nate? I said he has a takedown in every single one of his UFC wins. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you verified it? Thanks so much. Yeah, well, he's not, he's not a wrestler, so it surprised me. Okay, well. No, go so ahead. Say, you were right. I mean, don't get too flustered with it. Find your spot in the, in the script. Well, because I thought you were, I was about to railroad you. Got you got scared. Two, no, two minutes ago you said, no, I, <laughs> I fact-checked. I so was going to railroad you. That's, that's what I was about to railroad you for. If you were listening, you would have known what I said. But then oh. you said I didn't realize that he had them instead of I didn't hear what you said, so I couldn't railroad yeah. you. See, anyway. Boys, I'm right here. Mataus If you're going to be in the room, you need to be in the room. Shooter box fighter. And that's important to know because he fights like a shooter box fighter, except a little bit of a grappling twist. He is primarily a grappler. He's going to look for the cage control, going to look for the takedowns, but he will strike wild. He will get hit very often, and he is very dangerous. That's the shooter box way. Be as dangerous as possible. Take whatever damage you're going to take, but chase that finish. And that is Mataus Mendanka, but more heavily in the grappling department than the striking department. He is coming off that loss, first loss of his career 
and in his UFC debut, but that was to Javid Bajarat, who we know is phenomenal, but Mataus couldn't really get his striking going or his grappling. This is actually a pretty tricky fight because on one hand, Mandanka is very dangerous. He can knock out or even submit Maness. On the other hand, he's hittable as hell and he can be held down if Nate comes with a very safe wrestle-heavy game plan. As Jacob mentioned, he's not really a wrestler, but he does have takedowns in those wins. And if that's how he's going to come forward and he's going to focus on that, he could get Mataus down, keep his elbows in, keep it tight, and then ride out a win. I don't see that happening. He hasn't really showed that to be a game plan in the past. He's used wrestling. He's won fights because of the wrestling. But he hasn't really shown that to be a full-blown game plan. Uh, I think it's going to be a weird, sloppy striking match, frankly. But I think uh, Mataus is going to be a little faster, a little more dangerous. The shooter box guys, outside of Lacerda, the shooter box guys are pretty durable. So I think Mendonca is going to weather whatever storm, lay out a little heavy, potentially get his own takedowns. I don't think so, though, because Maness does have a 75% takedown defense. But Mattel's Mendonca is going to be the pick, but potentially a plus three and a half bet on Nate Maness. I'll take a closer look at that, and uh, we'll let Jacob break this down. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, first of all, I've got a real quick question for you, because this looks incredible to me, and I don't know how you feel about it being uh, who you are. But what do you think about it? I mean, this literally... And I don't even know if we can show this. This is like pornography to me. And you tell me what you think about it. I don't, can I show this? If I show no. this and we and we get in trouble, are you how are you going to be mad at me? Yeah, don't show it. Oh, I'm going to show it now. It's hard to tell. That looks gooey. I mean, how good does that look? Is that pizza? What? What, like, what am I uh, looking at? It's like a stuffed shells or like a lasagna type thing with the cream cheese and stuff. I mean, it looks cream absolutely... cheese. That's ricotta, you animal. With the fucking nah, you just stuff okay. it full of. I, I that can't. looks fucking cream incredible. Cheese. Holy shit, that looks amazing. Imagine cream cheese. All right, let's go. All right. So this is going to be one of those fights, and there's a few <laughs> fights on. Excuse me. Uh, there's a few fights on this <laughs> on this card. <laughs> Anytime I say something like that, and I look up and you like roll your eyes. It's so funny. <laughs> um, there's a few fights on this card where it's like don't necessarily listen to the pick at the end of the day, but listen to how we get to the pick because this is one of those fights where I could see Mateus coming in. This, this dude's a wild dude. He, as Angel said, he is a shoot a box guy and he is like on the wild side of even shoot a box <laughs> type people, the way that he throws strikes, the way that he tries to get takedowns, the way that he wrestles. And like some of these shoot the box guys, he is kind of a first round. I don't say or bust guy. Cause he is still durable after the first round, but he definitely is not as dangerous when I watch him outside of the first round. But in the first round, he definitely has the skills in the striking, in the grappling to finish a guy like Nate Maness. Nate Maness, to me, is a striker, a long-rangey guy, right? I mean, he's coming out of 125 at 5'10", 125. I know what that's like. I used to be that guy. That's a very skinny guy, <laughs> long guy. He needs to use his length, and I think that he might be able to use his length early. Pump up that jab. Pump up that jab. Defend the takedowns. Get out of the first round. And if he gets out of the first round, I think Nate, with his length, can really take over this fight with his distance striking and really wear down a guy like Mateus. But I do worry about the first round because Nate is a guy that can get taken down. He can get submitted. He can get chinned against Tony Gravely. He was very lucky to survive that fight. I mean, he was basically down 
and out. And I know that Tony is a can be a hard hitter at times, but Mateus has that power as well. Those wild shots are going to be wild. They're going to be coming from wild angles. And if they land on Nate, he probably can put him away. So the way I'm playing this fight is I don't care about the money lines. I am playing Mateus first round. I'm not rolling my eyes at you. Do you not hear the dogs going crazy oh, behind I, me? I fucking hear them. I'm muted. We'll wait. Go ahead. We'll wait. So I am playing Matthias. I don't care about the minus 200. Flip back for a second. What, what, are, the, what are the odds right now? Minus two something. I think they're even ballooned more than that. I'm not, I don't care about that. If I'm playing Matthias, I, I, I want first round. And I think first round is like, uh, let me check it real quick. I played it. Man, that's a little print. I mean, Angela's muted, so he can't really yell at me for saying this. But I did play it. Plus 350 you can get from Tay's first round. I think that's when he's most dangerous. If it gets out of the first round, I don't see him finding a finish. And I think that Nate could really wear him down. But Mateus is the more dangerous guy. Nate, to me, is the more technical guy. So this is one of those things. My pick is Nate Maness. But he's got to survive that first round. So don't just take the pick and be like, oh, underdog, you know what? I got my money on Mateus in the first round, but if it gets out of the first round, I think Nate can definitely kind of take over this fight and win this fight. So I'm taking the dog here, but there's a big asterisk, a big caveat to that pick. Does that make sense? It does. That's why I mentioned the play. We got this stupid puppy. And actually, the, the puppy's Ooh, great. You don't want to no. be, I was going to say, you don't want to be the, known as the guy that yelling stupid. No, I love it. No, no, I love the, the The puppy's great. It's Scout, my original dog. He's just old and not really trying to play with anybody. And the puppy, like, literally, like, nips at his leg, like, tries to play with him. And all Scout does is scream in his face. But the puppy doesn't give a shit. He's like, come on, let's play. He's like, me and you. I mean, this is, I mean, that literally is me and you. I'm the, the, the joyful, funny puppy and you're Scout. <laughs> Like, shut the fuck up. Roll on your eyes. It literally is, that, literally that, is face, that basically is it. <laughs> Honestly, that you're just nipping at my heels, just begging and to you're play. Just like, it just keeps, and then finally you just snap a little bit. <laughs> I tuck my tail. The ears go back. I it resets. I just pee a little bit. He does pee, dude. It's crazy, man. All right, well, we'll get through this. Um, I agree with you. I'm not picking Nate Maness. I pick Mataus Mendonca, but... I mentioned that potential for the plus three and a half bet. I'm going to keep an eye on that because this line is widening. Matthaus is becoming an even bigger favorite as the week goes on. 260 right now. Well, that's what it says here. But I did these graphics like two hours ago. So. Uh, I was um, looking at the bet openly. Sorry. Hey, hey, that one's on me. There's the second mistake in this breakdown alone on you. What? Oh, yeah. We'll do a takedown in every win. So I think the plus three and a half, if you don't know what plus three and a half is, you're basically, it's the spread. You're buying the spread, right? And the way the math works out is all Nate has to do is win one round on the judge's scorecard. If he weathers an early storm, he could win two rounds. If he weathers an early storm, there's potential to especially win that third round. So I think Nate Maness can win a round. I'll keep an eye on those odds, see what they look like, see how oh, they move. It's 125. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. I, plus money would be nice. He, dude, he's a plus 220 dog and that's minus money. We'll keep an eye on it. And uh, if this continues to widen, Man, we might end up with Mattias some plus ones there. by KO locked. It's locked down right now. Locked. Well, we'll see what happens. If you want to make sure that you get notified when we place bets or when lines drop and things like that, make sure you become a premium member. And then after you do that, go to your account page and link 
your Discord. The Discord is 100% free. After you link it to your premium membership, you unlock a couple of private channels that allow you to talk to certain people, but also get notifications from us as soon as we place bets and do things like that. We want picks.com. Click become a menu. Become a menu? <laughs> what the fuck, you fat bitch? Become a menu. <laughs> <laughs> What the hey, fuck? Remember, become uh, a I member. show a picture of some lasagna and you got fucking <laughs> sidetracked as fuck. Become a menu. <laughs> I got sidetracked. You didn't even name a specific food. It was just the entire fucking restaurant. <laughs> I got sidetracked <laughs> because this dude says he's a professional. It, it's his main job is betting. And he's betting on 50-50 fights, which... When you're just going off a of subconscious, we your subconscious is very food driven. That's for sure. You and the puppy. We had Italian for dinner too. We ate at Roma's. Roma's is solid for for Texas. Let me. I don't know. What, I don't know what the fuck. Are, is that for Texas? Garden? It's not bad. It's not bad. What'd you have? What what three menu items did you get? <laughs> Go ahead. I got there. No, I just got the one thing. It was a I just spicy. got a salad. It was just a salad. <laughs> And I'll I be got, honest, I got the extra croutons. <laughs> I got the spicy chicken and shrimp. It was good. I bet it was. It's like a cream sauce. It was a whole thing. Mm. How about this fucking loser? Not him. Him. Let's kick this loser out. <laughs> I'm the. I laugh at myself. You feel bad because I laugh he at myself. Meanwhile, so he you're here cry. watching. What an absolute joke. He laughs so he doesn't cry. Ignacio gets it. Full G, baby. Woo! All right, let's go. Yeah, big, big G hung. Gree. G. Nice try. Vanessa, next. next up, we have my girl, Vanessa Demopoulos. Vanessa, how you doing? By the way, listen, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm a great guy. I, I'm a great guy, and I just, I love women. And, and you are. I would say what signifies a woman. You're, you're effeminate, but you're also aggressive, and you're you're beautiful, and you're so flexible, and and I just love your tenacity and your just will to just fucking win at all costs. And I just want to say that I'm a big fan. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, my Instagram and Twitter is right here at underscore or JT at I'm a fucking mess now. <laughs> at uh, I like you talking about food. I just stumble over my words. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, Vanessa versus uh, Kanako Morata. And go ahead, Angela. Well, Vanessa DeMott was 9-5 overall. She is 3-2 and two in her last five. She's coming off that pretty one-sided loss. To Carolina Kovashevich taking on Kanako Murata, 12-2 overall. 4-1 in her last five, but she is coming back after two years away. Kanako Murata, the real deal, right? Two years away, I haven't seen her fight. I had to do my research, do all the tape, and I was like, oh, shit. She's pretty good. Did have that injury loss to Verna Jandaroba in her last fight. But outside of that, she's a great wrestler. Got good BJJ defense. Her striping can be sloppy, but she is jacked and powerful. And you could tell that those strikes land with some intent. She will stay in your face. She will keep coming forward. She does keep her cans, her hands low. She does, constantly, she does constantly faint. She's always threatening takedowns. Always pretending she's going to take a shot, which gets people... 
like people can't settle in and they can't fight because the reality is they're worried that the much better high-level wrestler is going to shoot a takedown. She's tough. She's gritty. She has gas. She can definitely be a problem for a lot of people, assuming she's healthy. She's taking on Vanessa Demopoulos. Vanessa's a solid striker. <laughs> people were people trashed me in the comment section because I said Vanessa's got uh, good hands, solid striker. She does. The Fed, oh, we're, oh, oh, you guys are turds. She does have solid striking. Is it world class? No. Is it aggressive? Where it's supposed to be? Yes, she'll come forward. She'll land with some volume. She likes to fight inside the pocket. She doesn't really have a ton of power, but she does volume and she does have footwork. If it does get to the ground, she's got some solid grappling. She can make something happen. She's coming off that loss to Carolina Kovashevitz where she could just not get her striking going and she did look flat. I love Kanako Murata in this spot. Um, the concern, obviously, is two years away. You just never know what somebody's going to look like after a long layoff. But she is young. She's only 30, I believe. And so two years away, like right then, that's not awful, right? She didn't lose the best years of her career. She is a high-level wrestler. She can come forward. She's got some power. I, I will assume that she's at least what she was two years ago and that version Kanako two years ago can beat Vanessa. I think Kanako gets it done. This line's taken off. It's becoming a bit unreasonable. I do have a parlay with her in it. I have called that parlay the I will regret this parlay because I may, just like with Tamir's Vidal. But I am very confident in Kanako Murata here. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, speaking of parlays, I also <clears throat> have a parlay. It is called the um, either the, the, the DDD parlay, the Triple D parlay it is the diana de la rosa demopolis parlay and uh i think it's really gonna hit i actually kind of like vanessa in this fight and that's not even biased i mean it's gonna sound like it's a little bit biased and i'm telling you right now when we get to the diana belbita that one is biased but this one is a little bit more unbiased because when i'm watching Murata, first of all jack jenkins hey fucking Jack Jenkins, why don't you watch Murata and how she handled a broken arm versus Verna Janarobi in that fight. That thing was dangling the entire round and she was trying to fight through that injury. Jack Jenkins didn't even break his arm and he's like, we can't fight anymore. Murata handled that like a fucking G. They had to stop that fight for her. She just kept fighting with her arm just dangling. It was crazy. But when I watch her fight, I understand that she's a wrestler. I'm not really impressed with her takedowns. I mean, those are very kind of just diving, single-leg takedowns. Doesn't always get them. Vanessa knows what she's doing in that department. In the striking, I'm like, whew. And I know that in her two years off, she also has been in Thailand with Chevy doing all that stuff at, at, uh, at Tiger Muay Thai, I'm pretty sure, from what I saw on the Instagram. So I have to imagine it's improved a little bit. But even improving from where she was – it's still a pretty big gap. So in the striking in this matchup, I think it's pretty 50-50. Not only is it 50-50, but Vanessa, even if she's not the better striker, you saw that in her last fight, she's willing to move forward. She's willing to take those shots. She's willing to work through kind of the, the technicalities of striking just to kind of make it dirty, just to try and land her shots. And in that kind of the way that she fights on the feet, I think that she can win the striking exchanges. So it comes down to Camerata get the takedowns, get the top control, and basically be boring for 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that she can probably get a takedown or two, but Vanessa is a girl, 
that wants to. I mean, I know that she's an okay striker. I don't think she's as good a striker as you think she is, but she wants to be on the ground. And she doesn't mind being off her back on the ground. And finally, she's going to get to a girl that's going to not only take her down and be on top, but doesn't have the best top control. You saw that versus Verna. And maybe she's cleaned that up in the last couple years. And maybe that was a little bit of a weird situation. But she got armbarred against the fence in a position she should not have got armbarred in. And obviously, she worked through it. She snapped her arm or whatever. But Vanessa is very, very slick off her back. Very flexible with the triangles, with the armbars, with the sweeps. I would not be surprised at all if it goes down to the ground, Vanessa's sweeping, and finds a submission in this fight. I think one of the better bets for this card, and you can correct me if you feel different, is Vanessa inside the distance, decision no action. She's a tough girl. Murata's not really a finisher, and if she is a finisher, it's probably going to be in a, in a submission, but Vanessa's very good on the ground. I don't think she's going to knock her out or TKO her. And I think on the ground, the more dangerous fighter is going to be Vanessa Demopoulos. So I think inside the distance, decisional action is a great play. If she if she loses a decision, you get your money back. She's just out wrestled 15 minutes. But if she finds that submission, I think she's going to find uh, you're going to get paid in a big way. I think it's plus 195, something like that. Uh, I played it. And uh, I think that's one of the better plays. Vanessa, hey, me and you, look out. You know, that's a, that's a power couple if I've ever seen one. I mean, yeah, and you guys can share clothes. 5'2", 125 pounds. That's great. That's great. The um, DraftKings line is interesting. $8,900, $7,300. Obviously, very heavily juiced for Murata, assuming the takedowns is what they're expecting. The control is what they're expecting. $8,900 if Murata is going to get a whole bunch of takedowns and a whole bunch of control time. Potentially could be worth it. I agree with you. Uh, the Vanessa is super tough. I don't think there's going to be a finish here. And if there is, you're probably right. It would be on the Vanessa side because Kanako is going to come forward and just shoot takedowns and, and sort of ragdoll. And Vanessa is very tough. Um, that plus money for the inside the distance decision no action is not a bad bet because... It was plus 195. It's now plus it 180. Now? There you Let's go. A little bit. There you go. members saw it nice and early. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think Vanessa is probably this... I, I don't think she's worth it in DraftKings either, though, because A, I don't think she wins, and B, she's not going to get takedowns. She's not going to get a knockdown. She's not, so we're just relying on significant strikes in a loss. And I would not be opinion. surprised either. And maybe I, maybe I am just a little bit of love drunk right now, Angelo. <laughs> but when I, I mean, honestly, when I'm watching Murado strike and stuff, I, I could see a world, too, where Vanessa just kind of blitzes her, gets in her face, and just pop, 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 pop. And then she gets desperate. Maybe even like a, a fucking TKO situation with Vanessa, too. I she's like, got man, no I like power, Vanessa. I like, She's got I no I said power. a fucking TKO situation. When you're just like covering up and somebody's like, pop, pop, pop. Vanessa, no, I don't know. But, but Murata will just shoot. She'll just dive understand. in a lake. I don't think people understand the tenacity that Vanessa brings into every single fight. People are like, oh, my God. She's just doing it for the clout. She's just doing it. Fuck that. That girl gets in there and fights for her fucking life. And people need to start 100%. putting some fucking respect of Vanessa. Nessa Demopoulos, and she's going to show people how fucking tough she is in this fight when she finishes this girl in the second round at the 223 mark. Okay. Um, I agree with most of that statement. And people mentioning her prior career, who gives a shit? That doesn't matter. She does come in here. She fights her ass off. She's not a quitter. Good forward pressure. I, uh, We are split. You want to bet? I'm in love with this. Would you like to bet? 
Somebody super chatted and wanted me to start singing. That's, that's a thought. perfect opportunity. Yeah, we can fucking bet. Yeah, fucking bet. You want to put it on bet opening? Because last time I did that, you were like, oh, somebody took it before I could throw, take it. Throw and your I won that bet, on. by the way. Why don't you throw your parlay on? But no, it'll be too expensive to throw your parlay on bet openly, and I'll take the other side. But that'll be parlay? Yeah, that's a massive underdog parlay, so it'll, it'll be too expensive on my side. Anyway, if you guys want to unlock all our bets nice and early, but more importantly, the tools... The insight, the information, all of that is available for only $10 a month at wewantpicks.com. And we have this comment from Jumbo Loco. He said, I've paid for Patreon bets in the past. I've gotten screwed. And I told myself I would never do it again, but this premium sounds tempting. Let me uh, talk to you very quickly. It's Jumbo. fucking $10 a month. You're going to have a $10 parlay on this car that you know is going to miss. Pay the $10 a month. See what it's all about. Not only is it just, it's not just one card. It's $10 and we got three more. What, is it three more? I don't think we have a week. Yeah, card. no, we're on so, like a seven stretch. Yeah, so three like more cards to make it worth your money. I mean, come on. What the fuck we doing? I agree with that sales pitch, but also we're not a Patreon. Patreon is like a stupid list. It's a, it's a Facebook page, basically. It's a list of text and maybe a picture or a link. It's stupid. This is a full-blown interactive website with everything you could ever want. You go to the website, you have me, Jacob, Pick Doctor, Artem, Runny Mouth. Five different pages to choose from with picks, bets, insight, raw notes. You're going to get round line leans for every single fight. You're going to get the optimizer. You're going to get the detailed data and metrics. You're going to get the line movement tracker. You're going to get DraftKings tools, FanDuel information, what? prize picks, underdog. It's, it's absolutely nuts. So what? the highlight here is even if I remove the bets from this entirely and it was just the tools and the insight, it's the best value in the game. Just that. Just that alone. Click become a member, my man. Super and then we do have a $5 Chooper Chat. Chooper Chat. From Shevsky. Sing something for us, Jacob. Let's hear that advanced choir voice. I wasn't advanced choir. Nobody, no, he, I don't think he believed. By the way, we love Shevsky. Shevsky is, is my guy. In the Discord, if you guys are not in the Discord, Discord is 100% free. Shevsky's in there giving out football plays every week that are just absolutely unreal. So we love Shevsky. But I was in advanced choir. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. I was in choir. I, I don't know why you're laughing. I don't know why. You're Everything laughing. about you screams advanced choir. So I'm not thank surprised you. at all. Thank you. Everything, yeah, you're, oh, you're welcome. Everything about you screams Justin Timberlake. Thank you, Angelo. Thank you for that. Sure, sure. But I was in choir, and we had to audition for advanced choir. You went and you sang in front of the three teachers. One of them was like the actual choir director and some other teachers. You went and sang individually, and I was handpicked, and I went around Indianapolis around the holidays, and I sang at malls. There was like 20 of us that were handpicked <laughs> out of like 150 people, and I sang at malls, and I've sang on stream before. And I'm not going to be one of these guys that just you give me money and I start singing, but – at some point, I probably will break out in song. I might. I think I have something special for Deanna, to be honest with you. That's interesting. Do you remember the words to the Christmas song that Arthur would sing in the malls? Oh, hold on. Start talking about the next. Super he Chat did. One. He did one I know, for I know, every I know, I know. every religion. We also have five dollar for mushroom MMA. It's here. something like uh, it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. <laughs> Well, then they did, it's Hanukkah. Yeah, something like that. It's Kwanzaa. Uh, these are King of Queens references for everybody who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, $5 Super Chat. Mushroom asked me to go get my lisp fixed. It is not a lisp. I just speak it is far just too quickly. Hungry. 
You know, a lot of uh, when if you can't if you have really bad handwriting, it's supposed to be a sign of like high intelligence because your thoughts are moving too fast for your hand, basically. So you're trying to like keep up, and yeah, also and my and my hand hurts because I squeeze so fast. I'm running so fast. Go ahead. <laughs> You done? That was it? Perfect. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have a Corey Lang taking on Johnny Munoz Jr. Corey Lang, 24 and 11 overall. Two and three in his last five. He's coming off that early knockout loss to Eamon Sahabi. He's taking on Johnny Munoz Jr. 12 and two overall. Only two and three. How is he two and three in his last five if he's 12 and two? What I mess up there? <laughs> what I mess up there? <laughs> what are they, what I think is that one-inch knockout set him back two losses, honestly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was embarrassing for him. He was one of my, if you guys don't know, Johnny Munoz Jr. was probably my most embarrassing lock of the week of all time. So he has three losses. Okay, 12-3 and three overall, 2-3 and three in his last five. He is alternating wins and losses. Johnny Munoz Jr. is a BJJ black belt. He actually has some decent striking, some solid takedowns. He throws everything with 100% effort, but like most grapplers, that's just there to set up whatever takedowns he can get going. His BJJ is slick, both on top and off his back, but even though he's dangerous on the ground, he can be submission or bust. He's going off that loss to Daniel Santos, where Typical Johnny Munoz fight. He was dangerous early and then got real pathetic with the guard pulling. Taking on a Corey Lang. This guy's a well-rounded guy. He's got real nice pressure, real nice pace. He can fight a technical fight or even get sucked into a brawl. He uses his striking to set up takedowns, but he is mostly a striker. I did mention he's coming off that knockout loss to Eamon Sahabi. I, I mentioned this in both my Quick Picks videos, but as soon as I saw this, I was like, boom, Corey Lang. Johnny Munoz was pulling guard in his last fight. You know Pathetic. his name is Arichi Lang. Is it really? Arichi Lang, yeah. Never would have gotten there. Ever. Arichi Lang, immediately wanted to bet on him. I saw Johnny Munoz Jr. This guy was pulling guard. It was pathetic. Like, how could you possibly pick that guy? And then I just start re-watching tape. It's like, damn it. I actually think Munoz can win this fight. He gets, you know, the, the reality is that Corey Lang is tough or a Richie Lang. What is it? A Richie Lang. A Richie Lang is, is tough. But <laughs> somebody said in all caps, Corey Lang. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, but you know, the problem is he can get out grappled. He can get taken down. He can be held down. Munoz does have some decent hands as well. Decent takedowns. BJJ is phenomenal. Uh, I actually think Johnny Munoz can pull this off because if a Corey Lang takes him down, that's where Johnny wants to be. A Richie Lang can't. I'm, I'm, the name, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, he He's not great at defending takedowns either. So Johnny's going to have the advantage on the ground, whether he gets taken down or gets a takedown. The power in the hands, it is there for all of three minutes. So the only way Johnny, well, not the only way. This is even money for a reason. It could go either way. I am picking Johnny Munoz like 51%. Arichi Lang, 49%. I think it's dumb close, but we'll see what happens. What do you think, Jakey boy? 
Yeah, so this is going to be, like I said, a little bit biased, but I know who Johnny Munoz Jr. is because I picked him as my lock of the week. My lock of the week's win or lose. I always know what those type of fighters are, and he is very, very talented grappler. I mean, very, very talented, so much so that he was pulling guard on Willie Cat, and he wasn't, uh, not getting super close on stuff, but you could see, like, oh, shit, this guy is very dangerous in the way that he was working, uh, his legs, the flexibility. I mean, he is just a regular Vanessa Demopoulos off off of his back but the issue with Johnny Munoz Jr. is his striking to me is fucking terrible he looks the part right he's in and out looks karate style he'll come in with the big strikes but he holds that chin up and he paid dearly against Tony Gridley for that I mean that was a very short shot but he got knocked the fuck out on a shot that probably should not knock out most people his striking is not great it's chin in the air you can see especially when he is backing up it is not off the center line it is just i mean he is just throwing his head back and that is a a recipe for disaster against a guy like a richie lang but i was a little bit impressed early against willie cat on his takedowns it wasn't like jujitsu like, you see Mackenzie Dern, like, trying to get these weird takedowns and stuff. I mean, they look like pretty explosive singles, uh, you know, explosive across the octagon. And if he brings that type of energy, that those type of takedowns into this fight early against Arichi Long, he probably can win this fight. He probably can. <laughs> you just butchered his name, too. I said Arichi Long. Long, L-O-N-G? I don't know what That's... you want from me. That's what it is? Arichi Long. I'm from Indiana. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, all right. What is no, it, Arichi Lang? I think it's Arichi Long. I don't know. Long. You're the one who was telling me what it, it is, but it wasn't Lang. Long. Yeah, it wasn't I, Long. I don't know. Fucking. Um, if he, obviously, if he gets a takedown, if he gets, if, it, if this fight goes to the ground at all, Johnny Munoz Jr. is probably going to win the fight. So this is another one of these situations where I'm going to make a pick right now. Don't really listen to the pick. Understand what I am playing in this pick. Because I'm playing I'm playing both sides of this thing, baby. Because I cannot trust Johnny Muno's chin, his striking. I know Arichi Lane can knock people out. I can't trust Arichi Lane to defend takedowns. If anything, Arichi Lane seems like a guy that might try to pull guillotine on the first shot for whatever reason, take himself down. So I'm playing both sides. I have first round finishes for both these guys. A second round, a little bit for Johnny Muno's Jr. My pick. It's going to be Richie Lang because I can't trust Johnny at this point and he can't get knocked out. I have to assume that he knows the takedowns are coming, defend the takedowns he can win against this guy. So my picks are Richie Lang, but I got money on both sides and I would not be surprised at all if Johnny finds this on the ground. If he goes to the ground, he's probably going to submit this guy. He's a very high-level guy. Very good. You know, he's very good. But, I mean, look at the look at the striking stats for Lang. Six significant strikes landed per minute. That's a very high number. Seven received. Like, he's just... Both sides of that. That might hit. Pay, I mean, that might pay off for him. Oh, I agree. Johnny's going to shell up and pull guard and break him. That's not what I was saying. No, I oh. was saying it might pay off because if Johnny starts having success with his hands, he might say, oh, I'll just strike. I don't need to get the takedowns. And then that one shot comes where Richie Lang is just like pop, 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 get absorbing shots. And then boom, that shot comes. So if Johnny gets pulled in to that striking match because of Richie Lang can get hit, that's going to be bad news for Johnny. He needs to get this fight to the ground if he does. He can win. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on the uh, Johnny Muno side. I'm not throwing money on this. I mean, it says minus 110 open and minus 110 now. The line did move. That's not 
that's not saying that no money came in, the line hasn't moved. The line actually has been moving. It's been yo-yoing back and forth and it just keeps ending up here because anytime somebody's going to get plus money on one of these guys, they're just betting it. And then it flips and then they bet and then it just keeps going back and forth. I don't imagine, you know, it's going to move much after this. I think it's going to close pretty much even. There might be a jump for one of these guys after weigh-ins. If somebody looks phenomenal at weigh-ins, there may be a jump there, but uh, I think it's dead even for a reason, and it should be dead even. DraftKings picked the side, and they made uh, Arichi Lang the slight, slight favorite. Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but fight does not go the distance. It's only minus 150. Under 2.5 is minus 120. They actually opened that line, and I tried to play it at, like, plus 130 or something. I was like, oh, shit, and I placed it. And when I placed it, it went to, like, minus 150. It's minus 120 now, but I don't, I don't know if I see this fight going the distance. It's, it's, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I doubt it as well. Um, both these guys have been chinning in the past. Like both, you know, I, I doubt it'll go the distance as well, but sometimes you get two sloppy guys that end up, you know, ends up being a 15 minute sloppy fight. This, this card and the next card are dicey. Very, very dicey. I like this card. I, I think, I think I like this card. Well, that's a great segue because if you guys want to see everything that Jacob likes on this card and all the bets, and if you want to use the tools to help you find your own bets, just go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. You'll unlock everything you have ever needed. It is only $10 a month for an entire month. Every single event that month, only 10 smackaroos. Next is supposed to be Chris Gutierrez versus Montel Jackson, but he's now fighting... Alatang Haley next week. I thought it was this week. It's next week. I already broke that fight down. I had the graphics ready to go, and Jacob reminded me it's not on this card. So, is what it is. You know what's funny? While we were streaming just now. Oh! <laughs> you know what was funny while we were streaming just now? While my na- uh, my neighbor across uh, the street. More the- neighbor stories. Here we go. Settle in, yeah. everyone. We go hunt, you know, him and I go hunting doves. Me and a couple neighbors go hunting doves. Are you going to tell people what you do with those doves? You eat them. I eat them. <laughs> I don't know why you said it like that. Anyway, you know that you know that um, that old school video clip of that, like, fat Italian dude? He's like a kid. He's like, oh, hey, gabagool, gabagool. Mm-hmm. He, sent that, he sent that to the, the hunting group chat. And he said, this is Angelo at 610 when we're meeting at the truck at 615. And then it's just like, hey, oh, God, in the mirror, just like playing with this chain. I thought that was pretty funny because that is, if you look good, you hunk good. Yeah, I would, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe tell that story again, but try to make it a, a let's try to improve upon that because that's what okay. a lot of times in, in comedy, okay. you'll have a, a good idea, which I think that is a good base, but you really uh-huh. kind of, you got to kind of spice it up. So if you want to give it another try. So um, me, a couple of guys, we go hunting. And uh, they're Texans through and through, just like good old Texans. And I'm me, and I talk like this, and I act like this. And I'm usually late. I'm usually a good five, ten minutes late to meet out by the truck to go hunting. And my buddy just sent me a video clip of this fat, greased-up Italian guy going, Hey, oh, gabagoo. And he said, this is Angelo at 610 when we're supposed to meet at 615. Naked in the mirror. Naked in the mirror. Hey, oh, gobble That would have made it better. Yeah. All right. You know what the difference right. is between uh, ordinary and extraordinary, Angelo? That little bit extra? Just that little extra. I'll work on it. 
You know what it is? Speaking it's of hard that, to be uh, funny. Matt Reif, Matt Reif said it correct. Um, people don't want to laugh at somebody like super handsome. And that's why it's very, very hard for him to get his comedy going. So that's why you're funny and I'm not. Next up at mm. UFC Vegas 80, we have Carolina Kovashevitz. Taking on Deanna Belbita. And let me just interject here for a second because, um, you know, Deanna, you know, I I, I assume that you're going to watch this. And I just want to say that you really seem like a a girl that really likes a a cocky, a a confident, a well put together man. And I think that everyone in the chat, and Angela, I think you would agree that I really am most of those things. Somebody that, Mm. you know, somebody that is a protector. Um, you know, I, I am most of those things. And, you know, I think if Some you answer of those things, most of them, I would say most of those things. And I would say that if you were to kind of reach out and, uh, or at least answer my DMS, we could get together sometime and maybe I, uh, pick you up a little bit on, uh, you know, seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top cruising the streets. Oh Yeah. I got a real pretty, pretty little thing that's waiting for me. I pulled up, anticipating good love. Don't keep me waiting. I got place to put my hands in places I've never seen. Girl, you know what I mean. Let me take you to a place nice and quiet. There ain't no one that's a weird to rub, ain't got a rush. I just wanna take it nice and slow. Mm. I've been waiting for this for so long. Making love until the sun comes up, baby. I just wanna take it nice and slow. Now, Next here up. we are, driving around. No, you got to leave that in. We're already moving. We're not saying next up. <laughs> no, we're leaving that we in. That we day. are leaving that <laughs> in. We are leaving that in. Deanna needs to see that. Leave, <laughs> we're leaving it in. Too long. Roll with it. Was... it. Roll with it. We have Carolina Kovashevitz taking on Deanna Bobita. Carolina Kovashevitz. 15 and 7 overall, 3 and 2 in her last five. She is riding a nice three-fight win streak. She's taking on Deanna Belbita, 15 and 7 also. Is that correct? I probably messed that up. I probably messed that up. 2 and 3 in her last five, and she's coming off her first win in two years. Carolina, very good striker. She's been around for quite some time. You're gonna see their ages in a second. She's a very good striker. She does seem to be in the midst of a career resurgence. She's a good kickboxer. She's got solid technique, decent power to the division. She's averaging about five significant strikes per minute and has maintained a 76% takedown defense. I say maintained because she has been fighting for a very long time and fighting at an incredibly high level. She fought for a title, and at one point in time, she was, you know, top five in the world, top 10 for quite some time as well. Hit a little bit of a skid, had some trouble putting stuff together, made some life changes, moved her camp, and all of a sudden, she's on this three-fight win streak, and she's coming off that win over Vanessa Demopoulos, where she more than doubled Vanessa's strikes and defended all four takedown attempts. She's taking on Deanna Belbita. Deanna's a high-pressure, high-volume striker who can work in some BJJ and some ground and pound. She's well-rounded. 
constantly moving forward and she doesn't slow down. She is effective in the clinch and off her back on the ground. She's got a lot of experience, but she does have some low fight IQ moments. She is coming off that win over Maria Oliveira where she doubled her strikes and she did get a takedown and that was after a year away. Dion looked good in her last fight. Mm. Uh, the reality is I just don't see her winning this fight. I, I think this line should be wider than it is now. Shut the I fuck think, up. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Uh, you know, yes, <laughs> Carolina's 37 years Somebody's old. jealous. <laughs> and yes, of, of, of what? What am I jealous of here? Who uh, I think what? you know what's about to happen in my life. <laughs> After that song, we're right there. I just think experience is going to matter here. Deanna does have a bunch of stoppages on her record, but if you dig a little deeper, they're a little bit hollow. Carolina, a very high-level kickboxer. Carolina has fought at a very high level for a very long time. She's at a very good camp. Yes, she's 37, but I, I would argue 37 in the strawweight women's division is different than 37 in like the men's welterweight division. So I think Carolina's going to grind out a decision. Uh, I think she's just going to be a little sharper, a little more powerful, a little stronger, and Deanna's just going to, you know, pitter-patter her way. But I think Carolina gets it done, and I actually threw a unit on her at minus 160. Four. She did balloon all the way up to minus 180, and that line is coming back down, and it's now at minus 163. Jakey boy, why don't you tell us why Deanna wins and not mention her looks? Um, so... Um, so basically, yeah, Deanna, so Deanna's going to win this fight. I mean, Deanna, I mean, Donnie, Deanna's going to absolutely, uh, dominate this fight. I mean, there's just, I mean, that's just the way it comes down to it. Absolutely dominate this fight because of her striking, not only because of her striking, because I love those one twos as she throws those overhand rights. Very, very powerful. I would not be surprised if she knocks out Carolina in this matchup. But what I like that I think people are forgetting is how dangerous she is on the ground and I think in this matchup there's going to be more grappling than people <laughs> than people think and on the ground especially off her back Deanna is a very dangerous guard especially with those arm bars Carolina getting up in age big age gap here which really there's nothing wrong with that age gap to be honest <laughs> with you but there is an age gap here I think Deanna comes in it's a very close I mean Carolina is not like this overly dominant striker she's not an overly dominant powerful girl an overly dominant she is she, a lot of this line has moved a lot of what she did to Vanessa but Vanessa is a girl that's very hittable She's a very hittable girl. Deanna is not really that hittable. She has good head movement. In the <laughs> 5.72 significant strikes absorbed per minute. Deanna's not hittable. Continue. So Deanna's not really that hittable. She, I mean, <laughs> she is really good with her staying off the center line. Again, with her age, she is always going to keep improving. I think this is going to be the best Deanna we have ever seen, to be honest with you. And I would not be my, – my biggest – my big, like, uh, Hail Mary play last week or two weeks ago, it was Charles Jordan by sub. I was telling the Discord about it. It wasn't a premium play, but I was telling the Discord about it. I put $100 on that plus 1000 I did the same thing here for Deanna by submission. That's my Hail Mary play here, but it doesn't matter if it stays on the feet, if it goes to the ground, if it's a beauty contest, if it's you know, whatever <laughs> it is, Miss America, Miss Universe. Deanna Neither wins one everything. What was that? Neither one of them are American. I said Miss Miss Universe. That's why I, mm. I wrapped it in. Um, I think Deanna's going to win, uh, win handsomely and uh, win beautifully. And um, 
I can't wait to uh, start this journey of our lives. I'm, I'm wishing you all the success in the world, Jacob. $8,600 in DraftKings for Carolina. I probably will fade that. Um, I'm going to take a closer look. I think for her to get to that, you know, to be worth that money, we're going to need some offensive wrestling out of her. And I don't know how much of that she's really going to lean into. So I think it's just going to be a sort of a striking match with some cage control and bullying by the bigger veteran here. I don't know if I'm going to spend the 8,600 in DraftKings. Should I even ask you if you're going to spend the 7,600? I'll spend any amount of money on you, Deanna. You're married. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oops. Oops. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> but I get it, you know. If I was, hey, listen, be honest. If I was married, hey, I'm not married tonight. You know what I mean? If I was married, I'm not married tonight, Deanna. You know what I mean? So I get it. Holy there shit. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, you guys want to help Jacob make a couple of dollars so he could take women like this out on dates and try to impress them with his fake teeth in his fancy car a premium member like the stream by the way the more popular we get the better chance i have she did like my tweet by the way today i said it is diana belbita fight week didn't really respond but she did like it which she's kind of playing hard to get she responds to chris curtis all the time i guess we'll just wait for on that 23 and me really see what your angle is there oh wow d look it's you and her right next to each other Oh, I don't even follow D. Oh, shit. I just followed you, D. I didn't realize that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, guys, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. Jacob could use all of the help. Next up, at UFC Vegas 80, we have Alexander Hernandez taking on Bill Algeo. This is actually one of the... Uh, more fun fights on this card, potentially fight of the night. We got Alexander Hernandez, 14 and 6 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five. He's coming off that win over Jimothy Miller. He's taking on Bill Algeo, 14 and 6 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He's coming off that submission win over downtown TJ Brown. William Algeo is a pretty fast paced striker. He's got that karate style stance. He's going to keep his hands low, his legs wide. And because of that, he's got some decent striking defense surprisingly high output of almost six significant strikes landed per minute. He does like a dirty stand-up war if he can keep it there. He has some okay takedowns, but a low 42% takedown accuracy and a 55% takedown defense. He does have a BJJ black belt, great cardio, a fast pace, and he is super durable. He's taking on Alexander Hernandez. This guy is pretty tough to break down because like Alex Morono, who we're going to break down a little bit, he's got all the tools, but can be a little hit or miss at times. Alexander Hernandez has good hands. He's got good wrestling. He's got good cardio. He's got some good wins. He beat Benil Dariush. He beat Francisco Trinaldo. And then he's got some horrible performances where he didn't really put things together. He is a solid wrestler. He is a solid athlete. He does have that power. He does have speed. His wrestling, you know... It's probably one of his best assets, but he does have a low 32% takedown accuracy. He is coming off that decision win over Jim Miller. And if you remember, Jim had that nice little rally and everybody's excited for him, but just a little too late. Too little too late. But Alexander Hernandez is going to look the part. He's going to have moments. He's going to, you know, wow, look how fast he is. But he just doesn't seem to like get over that hump. I don't know what it is. Like when he's in these fights against the bigger-ish 
type name. And not that Bill Algeo is a huge name, but this oh. guy's a tr- tried and true, been there for a while, very good guy, durable guy, high output guy. Alex just seems to not get there, even though he's got all the tools. So I am going to pick Bill Algeo for those reasons. But I think tool for tool, Alexander Hernandez is the better fighter, but I can just trust Bill Algeo just a hair more. So I am going to pick Bill Algeo here, but that's a pretty low confidence pick because Alexander Hernandez is very, very good. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, he is a pretty good fighter. I think the biggest question mark here is I have no idea why he's coming back down to 145. He already tried it once. He was didn't look great on the scale, got finished in the fight, and he got tired very, very fast in that fight. Now he's coming back again to 145 against one of the most durable guys we have seen at 145. This just seems like a recipe for disaster. This is probably going to be the most typical Alexander Hernandez fight I have ever seen in my life. He's going to come in. He's going to be looking strong, big at 145. He's going to put the, the, the weight back on. Bill Algeo is a guy that gets hit and gets hit a ton. And when he gets hit, he gets even more or he gets even less technical. He'll drop his hands even more. He's already like a hands low type guy. But then he starts getting hit and then he's like, ah, you're not hitting me. It doesn't even hurt. One of those type of guys. So Alex is probably going to touch this guy up, bloody him, and maybe... Maybe this is the fight where Bill Algea finally gets knocked out because we haven't really seen it lately. I mean, he's a very durable guy, but maybe Alexander Hernandez comes in at 145, finds the power, finally knocks this guy out. He better hope so because after the first round, I think Bill Algea just kind of takes over this fight. That's what he does normally in fights, especially against a guy like Alexander Hernandez, who we've seen at 145 just can't, doesn't have the same durability. Not that he's like the most durable guy in the world at 155, but he definitely isn't very durable at 145. If I'm Alexander Hernandez, you have to play this one of two ways. One, you come in and you say, this guy can be hit. I can hit this guy. I'm going to finish him in the first round. I'm going to make a statement. I'm going all in. Fuck the cardio. Whatever it is, I'm going to put this guy away. If he does that, I think there is a path where he could finish Belgiu. The other situation is, is I know I can't finish this guy. I need to fight this guy like I fought Jim Miller because he was fighting a very good fight against Jim Miller. He wasn't the the typical blitz forward, aggressive, blow your load. He basically just point-fighted Jim Miller and just kind of outstruck Jim Miller in that fight. He can outstrike Bill Algeo in this fight if he just kind of methodically goes point by point. But I think there's going to be a situation where it's going to be in the first round. He's going to hurt Bill. Bill's going to be bleeding. He's going to go in for the kill. Bill's going to weather the storm. And then take over. It might finish Alex in the second or third round. So, you know, I agree that Bill, if there was a money line bet, I didn't play, I've only played one money line bet on this card. But there was one that I just kept staring at. And that's Bill Algeo. But I could not place it because he does get hit a fucking ton. He does get beat up. And Alex, as you said, he's a good fighter, man. He is a good fighter. But I just think it's going to be a typical fight where he's going to look good, kind of blow his load. Bill's going to take over and finish him in the second or third round. So I I went a little bit more specific instead of just money line. Uh, you want to see what that is? You can become a premium member at wheelandpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. And uh, so Bill is my official pay, play pick. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in the same boat. I, I didn't put any money on this yet because of that. I imagine plus three and a half on either side is going to be juiced through the hills. Um, so I, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. I said I imagine plus three and a half. Is juiced. Because, uh, they don't offer it. It's too close of a fight. It's not yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. It is. It is a, 
like I said before, skill for skill, I think Hernandez is the better fighter, but we've seen him not put it all together at times before. So Bill's going to be my pick as well, but super, super low confidence. DraftKings-wise, $7,800, Alexander Hernandez may be worth that, especially if he gets the wrestling going. If he gets the wrestling going, he could have some very real success there, power in his hands as well. So we'll see what happens, but this he's should be a really fun fight, potentially fight of the night. If he, if he wrestles, he's going to wear himself out. I, I don't know why he's coming to 140. Not only, if you're coming to 145 and you have a favorable matchup, that's one thing. But coming to 145 again after you failed and you're fighting a guy as durable as Bill Algeo, I mean, if he pulls this off, I mean, hats off to him. Well, and, and off a win. Yeah, it was Jim Miller who's 40, but like he's coming off a win. Like it wasn't, let me quickly change weight classes and see what I can do. What is that face? Right. Why were you making a face? Okay, well, we want picks.com. Click become a member. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have a very interesting light heavyweight fight. We have Felipe Lins taking on Jan Kutalaba. Felipe Lins, 17 and 5 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He is riding a three fight win streak. Taking on Jan Kutalaba, 17 and 9, 2 and 3 in his last five. He's coming off that early win over Tanner Bozer. Felipe Lins, former heavyweight. He had some decent power there. Looks like he still has that power down here at light heavyweight. Bless you. He has a BJJ black belt, but he does prefer to strike. He's going to hang out in the pocket, trade, or just walk you down with those heavy hands. He's coming out the decision win over Maxim Grishin, where he looked like he did have power. And he was swinging, but then he just went all in on the wrestling, and the takedown attempts were trash. It showed low fight IQ. It's just not very good. It was one of the most disappointing winning performances I've seen in a while. Taking on Jan Kutalaba. This guy is a grappler who has massive power in his hands. He's also very dangerous and has no chin. He can be sloppy. His takedowns are sloppy, right? He's body locks and just muscling you and pushing the ground. He's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's all of those things, but no chin. He will just chase the finish with everything in his body. Just everything to try to get that finish. And if he gets put out doing it, then so be it. He's just trying to get that finish. Fun to watch. Talented guy, but just, again, can't emphasize this enough. Almost no chin whatsoever. Uh, he has, does have, oops, let me start that over. He does have quite a few losses in the UFC. His actual UFC record is 6 eight and one but all of those losses are quality losses and Felipe Lins resume why will be the worst fighter he's lost to at least in the UFC I am gonna slight lean Kutalaba here I think the minus 149 odds are a bit wide we know he's chinny we know Felipe Lins is a former heavyweight that has power and decent takedown defense that should be all you need to just pick Felipe Lins but Kutalaba just has this way to come out there, knock these people out cold. Felipe Lins looked horrible in his last fight. The, the sloppy grappling. We've never really seen Felipe defend real takedowns. He's listed at having a 100% takedown defense. It's hollow. If you look at it, he hasn't fought anybody who has as good of a takedown as Kuntalaba does. So I'm going to slight lean Kuntalaba here for the pick. Uh, and I think the, I think the uh, sneaky bet here would be over one and a half. Felipe is pretty durable. Kutalaba is not only a first-round guy. He's a Finnish guy, but not necessarily only in the first round. So I think over one and a half is the play. 
Um, Kutlaba's going to be the pick, but I'm not going to bet on him. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I uh, dated a girl one time that had nipples very similar to Jan Kutalaba's, except like even more pink. And it was kind of not creeped me out, but it was kind of weird. It was the first time I've been with a girl with like very, very pink nipples. And it was a, just a very situation. I mean, the shirt came off and I was like, wow, look at these things. That's uh, that's new and exciting. So I just want to kind of. Was that just that the whole was... people were making fun of you in the chat? You're like, oh, how do I how do I work in here that I've actually seen a boob in real life? Is that all that was? No, I looked at Kutalaba and I was like, those nipples look familiar to me. And I mm-hmm. just wanted to tell that story. So uh, I have mm-hmm. no idea. Why Kutalaba is the favorite. Why anybody? No, I don't. I don't mind that he's a favorite. I, I get oh. it, right? He he can wrestle. He's got he's got he's got power. He's called the Hulk. But I have <laughs> no idea why people. I mean, people are like really high on him this week, from what I've seen in the Discord and Twitter and stuff. I have no idea how you can trust this guy. I have Agreed. no idea how you can trust this guy. Maybe if he was a dog in this match, it'd be okay. okay Felipe Lynn's 38, 39 years old. Kutalaba's still a young guy. Has the wrestling. If he's a dog, I get it. But being a favorite, almost minus 150 for a guy with a chin as him, not only the chin, but if he, this is a, and I mentioned my quick pick video, it's a doctor, is it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Dr. Dr. Hyde, Mr. Jekyll? What is it? Dr. Jekyll. He is like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of guy because when he is on top and he is raining down elbows, looks fantastic. You're like, oh my God, how does this guy ever lose a fight? If he is winning the striking exchanges and he is throwing these wild shots, he's got somebody pinned against the fence. You're like, oh my God, this guy looks like he could beat anybody. And then when he starts getting hit, you're like, oh shit. Or when he starts losing the grappling exchange, when somebody's on top of him or off his back, or on, when he somebody's on his back, he is a completely different person. I mean, he looks just fucking clueless when somebody is, is on him with that pressure. And Felipe Lins is a big dude coming down from heavyweight. He can throw hands. He's a guy that if he gets you against the fence, he will throw some hot power, stinky Stinky cheese. I just bit my fucking tongue trying to say that. Stinky cheese <laughs> that can easily knock Kutalaba out. But not only that, he can kind of slow this fight down, push him against the fence. Kutalaba will gas. And if he gets on top, if, if, if Felipe Lins, because Kutalaba can't get taken down, he can't get out wrestled. If Felipe Lins gets on top of this guy, if he gets on his back, he's going to finish this fight. Kutalaba is a guy that will fade. He can't defend submissions. He can't defend that type of stuff. I think that Kutalaba comes in. His aggression is a little bit too wild. Felipe gets under that aggression, gets into a body lock, works him against the fence. We've seen him do that fight after fight at 205, just kind of slow everything down, work for a takedown. And if Felipe Lins is on top of this guy, I mean, Kutalaba's going to get finished. So, uh, I'm on the Felipe Lin side here. I, I'll be honest with you. I was like really excited that <laughs> I was really excited that he was an underdog in this matchup. And then I, as as you mentioned, in his last fight, I started to re kind of deep dive into that film, and I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. But I, uh, I'm still pretty confident Felipe Lin's here. I know, and I just don't understand if you want to if people are picking Kutalaba, but to put money on this guy at minus 150. Yeah, I'm not spending that money. Yeah, it's cra- it seems crazy to me. Like, let's fuck, man. Felipe Lins isn't a isn't a slouch. I'm shit two hundred five. No, listen, I I, uh, I agree with all that. I did pick Kutalaba mostly because I know how dangerous he can be, and I know how bad Felipe looked in his last fight, which happened to be a win. But yeah, I'm not gonna put money on that. You know, the reality is, it's funny when I did my quick picks video or the second quick picks video. I basically was like, you know, I did the whole breakdown, all the analysis, whatever. 
And then I was like, but honestly, if I didn't watch fights and I just zoomed out and was like, oh, the guy on the left is a former heavyweight that had power and still does. And the guy on the right gets knocked out all the time. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy on the left. And if that's what ends up happening, what are we doing? Why are we overcomplicating all this shit, honestly? Because it could really be that simple. Former heavyweight knocks out current light heavyweight. (laughs) Done. There's your breakdown. Easy peasy. (laughs) $7,900 in DraftKings for Linz. $8,300 for Kutalaba. You're probably going to have to pick your side. I imagine whoever wins is going to score pretty well here. Kutalaba is going to get a bunch of takedowns. Finish Linz or at least a late finish, which could actually even be better. Right? Get a whole bunch of takedowns. Score really well. Boom. Finish. Felipe Linz, weather an early storm, get his own potentially sloppy takedowns or drop Kutalaba, finish him. Could all be worth it. You're probably going to have to pick your side in DraftKings. And if you want to unlock all the DraftKings tools, the insight, the information, the optimizer that will build lineups for you, if you don't even know what DraftKings Fantasy is, we'll teach you at wewantpicks.com. Just click $10, just click become a member. It's only $10 a month and includes everything I just mentioned, including courses. One of the courses we have is a beginner's guide to DraftKings Fantasy, which will walk you through what these numbers mean, why they're important, what do you want, Jacob? Uh, this is not a premium play, so I'll just go ahead and say it. I have $50 on Felipe Lin's second-round finish and Felipe Lin's third-round finish. It is plus 700 and plus 1,000, respectively. That is what I did. Congratulations. Next up. At UFC Vegas 80, we have Drew Dober taking on Ricky Glenn. Drew Dober, 26-12 and 12 overall, 3-2 and two in his last five, coming off that knockout loss to Matt Frivola. Taking on Ricky Glenn, 22-7 overall, 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. He's coming off that does knockout he have chest loss to Christos Gallegos. Who? Drew Dober in that picture? He does. I don't know if I like that. I don't it, think this is he just a so, new like, picture. He's just so like clean everywhere. It's just... I don't know if I love it. I'm sure he gives a shit what you think. Drew Dober, fun striker. Give one, take one. He is there to brawl it out, which is odd because he's actually a very technical striker. And when he's like using his actual technique, it's clean, it's crisp, it's where it's supposed to be. And then he gets wild. Then he gets sucked into a fight. Obviously, the legend of his chin and the damage he could take continued to like balloon up and live on. And he almost leaned into it because... He's just willing to stand there and slug it out. And finally, it gave up. His chin quit on him with Matt Favola landing that big, big power. But Drew was winning those early exchanges. And he looked sharp. He looked clean. And then he got sucked into a brawl. And he got hit. And that is what it is. But Drew Dober, pretty well-rounded guy. He does have technical striking. You can't count on him to fight a technical fight. But he is a dangerous guy. He will get in your face and he will swing. Taking on Ricky Glenn. Ricky Glenn's a volume striker. He stands nice and tall. He marches forward. But he tries to stay outside of the pocket. He's Drew's exact opposite. Drew wants to be in that pocket firing away. Ricky Glenn wants to be outside the pocket just sort of picking his shots and not keeping, you know, trying to stay clean and not get into a dirty fist fight. He has only four takedowns in his UFC career, and they all came from one single fight six years ago, so you can't exactly count on him to come in here and try to wrestle Drew, which means we have a striker versus striker matchup. And Drew Dober's chin, yes, quit on him in his last fight. The problem is, is it back? I don't know. Is it gone forever? I don't know. Like, 
we've seen several fighters who had great chins, lose the chin, and the chin never fully recovers. Drew Dober's pretty young guy. Even if he's not fully recovered, he should win this fight. The odds reflect that. I think he's going to hit harder. He actually has the better technique if we can count on him to use the technique. But Ricky Glenn does hit really hard. He does have some power. It is possible Ricky Glenn knocks out Drew Dober. I don't think that's going to happen. Drew Dober is going to be the pick here, and these odds are honestly probably correct. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I don't know if the odds are correct. I would put Drew Dober, you know, coming off a knockout loss against somebody with the power of Ricky Glenn at like a minus 200, something like that. Um, I am, you know, I don't want to sit here and say I told you so, but I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit because that was one of my most controversial lock of the weeks of all time when I picked Matt Favola against Drew Dober. And it came down to the, the, the easiest breakdown. This guy gets hit. Favola has the speed, he has the power, and his chin is not going to last forever. That's exactly what happened. But even in that knockout, he was knocked out, but it wasn't like a like a clean, like, put your lights out. He still was like, it was almost like every other time he's been knocked down, except the ref stopped the fight, and he was a little bit staggered and stuff, but at least he was still kind of there. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, here we go again. You know, Drew Dober against another powerful guy is going to get knocked out again. I'm on the Drew Dober side in this matchup, but I can't trust him at this point. Just like I couldn't trust him when I had Matt Favola as my lock of the week and I tried to warn everyone, and I, the hate I got that week was one of the most hateful weeks. Oh, my, if Matt Favola is going to, uh, the crimson chin, he's going to knock out the crimson chin. So I am going to toot my horn every time that comes up. But Drew Dober should have, as you mentioned, the striking, the speed, everything to win this fight. And the biggest difference here is Ricky Glenn doesn't have the speed of Matt Frivola. Matt Frivola was beating um, was beating Drew Dober to the punch against the fence. I mean, he, I mean, basically just beat him, he beat him with speed. Ricky Glenn is a powerful guy, but doesn't have that same type of speed. So Drew Dober should be the faster guy, should have equal power. He should be the better striker. So, you know, I, I guess I get the odds. Why? And I mean, Ricky Glenn just got face planted in his last fight as well. So, um, you know, I am going Drew Dober here, but... I told you guys not to trust him, and I'm, I'm not trust him, you know, with my money at this point, but he he should win this fight. Yeah, I also picked Matt Favola in that last fight. I don't know why everybody forgets when I also pick a phenomenal underdog three days before Jacob does guys, uh, and gives it his stupid stamp of approval. I'll give you guys a little uh, behind, the, uh, behind the curtain yeah, here. Yeah, I've been bitching about this for a while. Angelo is getting very... <laughs> <laughs> very jealous of the love that you guys give me on Lock of the Week when he also picks that person. Even when he doesn't bet him. The the, the Dirty Bird stuff you were mad about. You didn't even put a bet on Dirty Bird. I, I picked, picked him, him three days before I you. Three days him. before I you. Him. I made him my lock. I bet him. Billy Goff, I picked before you with a bet. Matt Fra or uh, Drew, so yeah, Matt Favola, I picked guys, before you with a bet. So this is what I'll say right now. When it's an this, absolute joke. When this eventually all burns down to shit and we all go our separate ways and it all falls <laughs> apart, this is the seed that started it all. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I actually don't give a shit. It is just fun well, to complain about. Well, you talk about, about it. It a lot for somebody. No, you know why? You know, well, because it's just funny to complain about. It's, what uh, what is it's real funny, yeah. Yeah, well, especially because right now it's all love. You miss whatever your lock is this week, and then everybody hates your guts, and you're a loser. And I'm totally fine not being recognized for that. But um, uh, what the hell was I going to say? No, where I where it was coming up is I picked Billy, then you picked Billy. I picked him, then you picked him. I picked Frivola. You picked when, you when, when we're like, actually when no 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 no. And you don't watch my shit. You pick it on your own. Right, I'm not saying I have that. no idea. What no no no. Are. Yeah no no. I know that. 
I'm saying this when we end up picking the same underdog, even though it's a few days apart, like and you make it the lock, that success rate's at probably at ninety percent. It is pretty uh, more more so high. than when you you when we're split. Obviously, you still have some success, but when we actually agree, not know. I obviously have no idea what your picks are. You don't watch any of my shit, so you don't know what mine are. So I'm curious to see who it is this week. You said it was going to be Chris Gutierrez, but that dropped. So it was a joke. I was. It was not going to be Chris Gutierrez. Oh well, you said it was. So I don't know. Yeah, the fight drops. So I was like, oh, because that's because we've yeah, had yeah. so many of those situations where I was like, oh, here, oh, here we go. It was going to be Chris Gutierrez, but no, it was not. I think we know who it's going to be. Seven o'clock. Hey, it better not be Deanna Belbia. That's insane. That's insane. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, is it? Anyway. Because. Sometimes the lock of the week is more than just picks. Sometimes it's about love. <laughs> Sometimes I pick Sometimes with my heart about love, instead baby. of my brain. Anyway, back to this fight. Drew Dober at $9,500. Uh, he probably ends up being worth it, honestly. I agree with you. I mentioned his chin may not be fully recovered, and Ricky Glenn hits like a freight train. But why are we only focusing on the fact that Drew Dober is coming off a knockout? Ricky Face Glenn planted. also, all, Ricky Glenn and that wasn't also a big coming shot. off a knockout. I mean, that was like a, one of those perfect shots. But it wasn't like a big shot. And that was like one of those poop. <laughs> they just fucking little face plant. Yeah. No, listen, I uh, I hear you. So Drew Dober, $9,500 is probably worth it. I do have him in a parlay as well. I mentioned earlier I have that I will regret this parlay with Murata. Drew Dober is the other half of that. I threw the two of them together. Slap that out there. I, they both should win. I agree with the odds on both of them. They're big favorites. I think they should win. But, you know. <laughs> Anything, anything's possible in this game. What are you laughing at? Angela, call it dog nut of the week because it's a pun of, on donuts and you're a cop. Why don't you ever acknowledge people in the chat, by the way? <laughs> yeah, you saw that cry, baby. Um, I'm also not a cop. <laughs> That's a, That was the most cop way to say that I've ever heard. I'm also not a cop. I'm totally not a cop. You know what's funny? I always say cop and like, you know, some of my best friends are, are uh, police officers. And uh, so the kids say cop now, and Tiffany was, is always like, that's disrespectful. They're police officers. It's like, what? I don't think it's disrespectful. You know what if I you're, mean? If you're a cop in the chat, let me know if cop is disrespectful. I don't think it's disrespectful. It's like a... It's not Just don't fucking derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> it's not derogatory. It's just like a short, I don't know. I don't even know what it means, but it's not derogatory. Everybody says cop. You know what I, and I should have mentioned this in the Deanna Belbita breakdown. Um, maybe, the, maybe in the Montana breakdown, because she seems like she likes like nice guys. And I think Deanna could get yeah. a little bit wild. But um, the other weekend, I was, uh, I always Saturday morning, I take the dog. We go, we get breakfast, we drive around, sometimes we get donuts, we wash the car, get gas, all that stuff. And I stopped, got a couple dozen donuts. You know where I dropped them off at? The homeless shelter? The fire station, man. Fire firefighters out there washing their trucks. I said, you Did guys you eat really do yet? that? Yeah. I was like, You guys eat breakfast yet? And they were like, No. I was like, here's fucking two dozen donuts, baby. They were like, I appreciate that. There you go. Nice guy. Good for you. After they saved your life that night. <laughs> Good for you. Just, just paid it back. You guys might remember me. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying though. I this woke is up me and they're like, "Hey, here he comes, guys! This is the guy! This is the guy! This is the guy that said that he had fentanyl in his McDonald's." <laughs> this is the guy. Be safe to eat with the donuts. Oh shit! <laughs> anyway. Oh, good times. 
Uh, we're both on the Drew Dober side. I have those couple of bets. And if you want to see everything else, we want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. Are we done yet? And yes, you are a cry. This dude, nonstop for attention. You got your attention. Be done. Almost done. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have Alex Morono taking on Joaquin Buckley in what will be one of the more controversial fights. Not because the fight will be weird, but controversial in that a lot of people are on both sides of this, and I totally get it. I think these odds are wide. We have Alex Morono, 23-8 and eight overall, 4-1 in his last five, coming off that submission win over Tim Means, taking on Joaquin Buckley, 16-6 and six overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off a successful welterweight debut. Alex Morono is very well-rounded. He has nice, clean striking, incredibly underappreciated grappling. He is a high-level black belt, but he doesn't use his wrestling very often. He does a nice job working in a takedown when he needs to, but it's not usually his go-forward game plan. He's going to strike with you. He's going to hang out. He does have good striking, technical striking. Uh, and if he gets a takedown or two, you got to have to worry on the ground because, as I mentioned, high-level, underappreciated black belt. He is taking on Joaquin Buckley. As we all know, this guy is a very powerful striker. He comes in hot. He's got good footwork. He cuts nice angles. He has really good power, but as of late, he's done a nice job not chasing knockouts. He's getting them. He just knocked out Paulo Fialo or uh, Andre Fialo. Paulo Fialo is an old school fighter that only real MMA fans will know who he is. Oh, oh, he is. And he was phenomenal, and then he went fucking crazy. Anyway. Um, he just knocked out Fialo, um, but he didn't chase. He wasn't headhunting. The knock on Joaquin Buckley back in the day is that he would headhunt and he would chase. And if he didn't get it, he would, you know, he'd fade and have some ill-fated moments. But now that he's just so comfortable, his cardio is rock solid, his head movement is great. He's not chasing. He's taking his time. He's working things. And that power is finding itself. Uh, and the most impressive part of that last win, of that knockout... Obviously, it was a knockout. That's impressive. But he had some really nice, well-timed takedowns. Obviously, I don't think he's going to use his takedowns in this fight because Alex is such a good grappler. Alex is very underrated, but I'm still going to lean Buckley here. Low confidence. I think these odds are super wide. I think I think Buckley should be the favorite. He's the more dangerous guy. He looked incredible at welterweight. Um, but I think, you know, I think Buckley is going to be a little faster certainly a lot more powerful. I think his footwork is going to be good enough. We've seen him fight high-level wrestlers before, defend those takedowns. So then it's just a striking match because Alex Moreno, I don't think he has a good enough offensive wrestling. And strike for strike, Joaquin Buckley's the better striker, so he is going to be the pick. I understand the opening line, but uh, I like Buckley to get it done. I'm not touching the minus 200. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, first of all, Alex Moreno, his nickname, I got to assume that that's the great white shark. Right, because his nickname is the Great White, and it just kind of ends there. <laughs> it just kind of ends there, and it's just kind of a very, very suspicious nickname. Alex Morono, the Great White, <laughs> it's a just a very wild nickname. So I gotta imagine that just means shark because of his grappling. He's a shark in the water, but it's just very interesting. Just end it with the Great White. <laughs> um, but as you mentioned, he is a shark on the ground. This is one of the most. And I can't stress this enough. This is one of the most high-level grapplers that you guys have probably have never heard of. This guy like is like a triple black belt on the ground. But he is exactly what everybody wants a jiu-jitsu nerd to be. And that is not a grappler. He has said, like, I think it's boring. I don't. I, I want to bang. He has said, he's a jiu-jitsu guy that says, 
I want to bang. And he loves those fights where he can get in there with his strike. And I'm telling you guys right now, if you guys have never watched Alex Morono fight and you end up putting money on Alex Morono because of what I'm about to tell you, and this fight starts... Do not panic because he is a very <laughs> he is a very he's a very awkward guy. He's a very awkward guy in the way he stands <laughs> and the way that he tiptoes around. He's just bouncy. He's got this high guard. You're gonna see him like this. He definitely isn't gonna look like Joaquin Buckley. By the way, I love Buckley. After that last fight with Andre Fialo, he got on the mic and was just yelling at everyone. He's like, yeah, I fucking love Buckley and the energy that he brings. But when this comes down to fight for fight. Ability for ability. Alex Morono has so much experience. He has very, very sneaky power. And the fight that I went to to watch was him versus Simmelsberger. Because Simmelsberger is a, a similar type fighter to Buckley. Buckley is a lot of explosion. It is it is blitzing with big shots. It is blitzing with big takedowns. And Simmelsberger fights the same type of way. And Alex Morona really fucking picked him apart. With that high guard, the blitz would come in, and bam, he was right there with nice, tight shots. And Buckley, when you watch him fight, even at 170, you still see him blitzing in with, I mean, these wide open uh, combinations. I mean, wide open combinations. And yes, they are effective against a guy like Andre Fiala, who was just kind of very tentative in that fight who can get knocked out i mean we saw the dirty bird did him fucking dirty in that last fight but i'm telling you right now the better striker in this matchup is alex morono the better grappler in this matchup is alex morono if buckley comes in is starting to get touched up and he defaults to the wrestling because he can get these takedowns these big explosive double takedowns He's going to be in fucking trouble. Alex Morono can scramble. He's even very dangerous off his back. He is heads and shoulders above Buckley on the ground. And in the striking, he is a very technical striker. And a lot, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he got knocked out by Ponzinibbio. He got knocked out by Ponzinibbio. That was on five days' notice. And he was fucking Ponzinibbio up for the first two rounds. Almost finished Ponzinibbio in that third round. You could tell he was getting very tired. That was more of like a very tired knockout. He's been knocked out before that, but typically he's a pretty durable guy. I think Buckley comes in, has a little bit of success early. You're going to see the big blitzes. Maybe he gets a takedown, but he doesn't keep control, and it looks like he's winning this fight, but Alex Morono is just going to pick him apart with those striking, with the counters. He's a very high, intelligent guy. The way that he fights, he knows the dangers that Buckley brings. He's going to be with that high guard and those nice tight shots waiting for the counters. He's going to be touching Buckley up, and I think Morono can really hurt this guy, and if Buckley's hurt and defaults to the wrestling, Morono can definitely, definitely submit this dude. So I like Alex Morono in this fight. I think he's pretty much better everywhere except for like just pure athletic power. Um, so if Buckley comes in and knocks this guy out, I'm not going to be super surprised, right? That's what Buckley does to people. He can, he has that ability. But Morono, to me, is the uh, the better fighter here, and I'm uh, I'm going with the uh, the great Hwat. <laughs> <Now, laughs> <Alex Morono. laughs> that is a funny nickname, but um, yeah, I'm on the other side. I I appreciate how good Alex Morono is. I picked him to beat Semmelsberger in that fight. Um, I'm sure you did two days later, and everybody thought you were good for it, but. Um, yeah, I think Joaquin Buckley just too fast, too athletic, and uh, Morono is hittable, and I think that's going to be the difference. If this was Joaquin Buckley two years ago, I would think I actually think Morono would have beat him. But this Joaquin Buckley, the patient one, the one who takes his time, doesn't just chase knockouts wildly. He's, he's a he's a patient until he's not. He's just like not all in all the time. He's still bump bump, and then he's ah, and then he, and then he waits, and then he waits. I get ah. it, but I get, but then he. It's I guess my point is. 
he's not throwing everything with 100% intent at people's heads trying to get the knockout. He will work the body. He will work the legs. He will work in the wrestling. He's not just chasing knockouts. He used to just chase knockouts, and he's not anymore. And I think it's really working out for him. So anyway, we're split. Let's do a bet openly bet here. Set one up. Throw it my way. All right. Can't wait for you to not accept it. <laughs> we want picks.com. Click become a member. You can see all of Jacob's bets, all of my bets. Artem's Bellator plays, Artem's Contender Series bets. You're going to see Runny Mouth MMA. There's three of them. You're going to see all three of their picks, their bets. You're going to see our round line leans, our confidence levels for every single pick, the raw notes, the DraftKings optimizer, the FanDuel plays, the prize picks plays, the underdog plays, everything. And everything I didn't mention. We on picks.com. Click become a member. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Joe Pfeiffer taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Joe Pfeiffer, 11-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He is riding a four-fight knockout streak. He's taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. This guy's 12-5 overall. 2-3 and three in his last five. He's coming off the second round knockout over Claudio Rabeo. Joe Pfeiffer is an incredibly powerful striker. He has put together four wins, and that is after the dude broke his arm on the contender series. He hits like an absolute truck. He uses pressure to break people. You don't see a lot of it, but he does have some nice clean takedowns and some solid BJJ as well. He's coming off that knockout win over Gerald Mearshart. He's taking on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. This guy's a powerful striker. He does tend to headhunt. We just spent all that time talking about how Buckley isn't headhunting anymore. Abdul we, Razak Al-Hassan, you yeah, you does tend to headhunt, but he is a high-level judo practitioner that fell in love with his striking. People in the you know, the I actually were, saw I actually saw you argue with people, and you are one hundred percent right. Yeah, people are like he's not a judo guy. He's a high-level judo practitioner who just doesn't use his judo in fights. And the point that I made in the video that get all these weird nerds upset is I said if Abdul Razak Al Hassan came into this fight forward pressure. Using judo, judo was his game plan. He could win this fight. Absolutely can win this fight because he's got power in his hands. We know that. He has high-level judo. We know that. At least I know that. Some of you don't know that. But he has high-level judo. And if he puts it all together and uses all of those tools, this guy is incredible. The problem is, like we've seen with so many other wrestlers and stuff in the past, he found some power, fell in love with the power, and just abandoned the other tools. So he doesn't really use his judo. So I can't count on him to use his judo. So then we have striker versus striker. Abdul's going to be very, very dangerous. But so is Joe. And I'm going to go with Joe. I think Joe's going to win this fight. I'm very confident in him to win this fight. I think he's going to get it done. But my concern for Joe is not that Abdul's going to use his judo. Because he hasn't used it before. I don't know why all of a sudden he's going to use it now. My concern for Joe is we haven't really seen him in a long, drawn-out fight. And Abdul Razak Hassan... Is not a pussy. He's not just going to get put out quick and be done or quit. Oh, way to so, go. You just jinxed the shit out of him. It could be a long, you know, longer type fight. So that's my only concern for Joe is what's his cardio going to look like? What's he going to look like? But uh, I think Joe Jets it done. I think he's going to be a little sharper, a little more powerful, a little cleaner, and potentially even work in some takedowns, which we've seen him do in the past. So Joe Pfeiffer is my pick. No surprise there. Dude's a minus 450 favorite. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Joe's the pick, but 
the minus 400 stuff, the minus, this ballooned up to fucking minus 575 at one point yesterday is a little bit crazy to me because as you mentioned, we really don't know how good this guy is. Knocking out the last two guys that he knocked out are people that are, are absolute nobodies. Was that that Armin guy or whatever that came off the big layoff and got knocked out twice? Knocking out Gerald Mearshart. Gerald Mearshart, that was the easiest knockout you could have ever seen coming with the way that these guys are stylistically matched up. And now he is against a guy that, as Angelo mentioned, has real, real power. And if you watch Joe Piper fight, the thing that makes me feel a, a Piper. Are you making fun of me because I said Piper? Yeah. Yeah, you're the one to talk, aren't you? I didn't make fun of you. I just laughed to myself quietly like a gentleman. Um, the thing that I do like uh, about Joe Pfeiffer is he isn't like, um, he's not going to just blitz forward and think, oh, I'm a knockout artist. I'm going to come forward like Derek Lewis and just try to knock somebody out. He will take his time, which is good. But when he gets somebody against the fence, what I worry about here and almost what I think that Abdul should kind of do is what you saw with Alex Pajeda and Izzy in that second fight. And Izzy's going to say, oh, well, I was playing possum, I was playing possum. He was getting fucked up, he was against the fence. But he found the shot because Alex left himself open against the fence trying to chase a finish against Al or against Izzy. And I've seen Joe Pfeiffer do that in the fight. And I got, I got pictures here. Here's a, here's, a, here's a picture. He's got the guy against the fence. Here's a little screenshot. Boom. There's the next one. I mean, look how just wide open. And here comes that big left hand coming over the top. If Abdul lands a shot like this, this was a clean left hand against the fence. He is going to get put the fuck out. I mean, you can see, just absolutely just levels him like that. If I'm Abdul, and I'm not going to be the, the Anzo game plan, which I don't, that's a good game plan. I mean, come through, get your hands on him, get him to the ground. Let's wrestle this guy. Let's elongate this fight and see what happens. But if I'm not doing that game plan, and I want to kind of just kind of pull Joe in, I kind of I kind of do that that possum type style fight. I'm pulling him into the fence. I know that this guy leaves himself open, leaves himself exposed when he gets people back against the fence. Okay, I'm Abdul. I know I can take a couple shots. Let me put my back against the fence. Let me get ready with this right or left hand. Let me wait for him to overextend and be there with the counter shot. And if he does that, there is an opportunity here for him to shock the world and knock out a guy like Joe Pfeiffer. So, for these people that are like, oh, Joe is going to come in and dominate, he might. Minus 450, I haven't seen enough to put him in parlays or anything to that effect. So, yeah, he's got the punching power. He looks the part, but the competition hasn't been there. This is a step up. If he passes this test, that's another test to pass, but uh, he gets hit, man. If Abdul's hitting you, that's a bad situation. So, my pick is Joe. But there's going to be a moment in this fight where you're going to be like, oh, clutching your pearls. Like, oh, oh, my God. He got hit. Is he going to be okay? And we're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, listen. The UFC set this fight up on purpose. 27-38. Power, power. Like, you know, they, they set this up on purpose. I think Joe's... Um, I'm, I'm going to say more well-rounded in the cage because he uses all the tools. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan is the more well-rounded fighter. High-level judo. Great striking. Like he's the more well-rounded fighter, but uh, Joe uses the wrestling. Uses. Yeah, the I was gonna say I, I would not be. I would not be surprised if Joe comes in with a wrestling game plan against. This he guy. may. Like and let's just nullify it. the power. I'm a better wrestler. I'm a better grappler. Let's shoot a takedown and show off that part. And I think that's a, a good game plan for him. But then you got Joe could come in and be like, oh, I'm knocking everyone out. Let me knock out this guy. And uh, yikes.
No, it should be um, it should be a fun fight. I, I do believe in Joe. I think the odds are a little wide, and they're kind of all over the place. You know, this card has been sitting there for two weeks, so the odds are starting to do some weird stuff. But two weeks ago, when he was that minus 350, the minus 360, stuff like that, I, I thought that made sense, especially 38-year-old Abdul Razak Hassan. He can't always trust to do what he's supposed to do, even though he is such a talented guy. So um, $9,300 in DraftKings, it makes sense if you think Joe is going to come forward, get some takedowns and a knockout, or even come forward, pressure, 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 good, nice knockout. All of a sudden, he is worth that money. But if this is somehow a long, drawn-out fight that's just on the feet, no knockout, no finish, he's not going to be worth that money. You think Joey's going to be worth the money if he wins? Everyone says he should be. There you go. If you want to unlock all the picks, all the bets, and everything else, we want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. Next up at UFC Vegas 80, we have the main event of the evening. We have Grant Dawson taking on Bobby Green. Grant Dawson 20 and 1. Overall, 4-0-1 in his last five. He is coming off that upset win over Demir Ismagulov. He's taking on Bobby Green, 30-14. and 2-2-1 in his last five. He's coming off that win over Tony, F Tony Ferguson at UFC 291. I don't know why I said Ferguson. Anyway, Grant Dawson Goo, is... Because that's when he, watched, <laughs> when he watched Tony fight these days. Goo! <laughs> no, it's, it's Goo. Gruesome. Do you know what that's from? No. Yikes. Tell me. Yikes. From nothing. Grant Dawson's a grappler. This guy averages almost four takedowns per fight. He's got a nice ground game with absolutely relentless grappling pressure. Good technical striking, but wrestling is going to be the game plan pretty much every single fight. He started his career at 145 pounds. He has moved up to 155 pounds. Hasn't really skipped a beat, and he is coming off that underdog win over Demir Ismagulov, where he had three takedowns and 12 minutes of control time, and that is indicative, indicative of his uh, style. He is a boring, boring wrestler who 100% of the time is just going to charge forward look for those takedowns, and then just lay on top. And I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. I mean, that's this is the get wins game, get paid game, and that is Grant Dawson's game plan. It works for him. He is fighting Bobby Green. Bobby Green's the opposite. Instead of, let me be as boring as possible to get these wins, Bobby Green is a showboat-style striker. He's going to put out volume. He's going to get his hands going. He's going to, that Roy Jones Jr. hands at his waist, swinging kind of guy. He's a busy striker. He has great volume, incredible defense, and up until 2020, he had slick wrestling as well. I'm specifically calling out 2020. I'll explain that in a second. Totally. Doesn't really, doesn't really, well, I don't know why. I'm just going to walk through the stats about this you wrestling. Remember COVID? Not really, no. I think memory loss might have been one of the things. Well, you just but he, uh, ate through that whole thing. What? Oh. Asshole. Anyway, uh, Bobby Green doesn't really typically have one-punch knockout power. Yes, he knocked out Al Iaquinta in one punch. But the reality is, Bobby Green's sort of a volume striker who will TKO you over time. 
does have wrestling, hasn't used it in a while, and he seems to be sort of in the twilight of his career. I'm a name. Let me just get these fights. Let me get paid. Let me go out there, have a little bit of fun. At one point in time, Bobby was like making real stuff happen, getting the big fights, doing things. And this is a big fight, but he doesn't fight like they're big fights, if that makes sense. He's going to come out. He's going to swing. He's going to do that whole thing but he's not going to mix in the takedowns. He's not going to do the extra things that maybe he should do to try to get a win. Mixing in takedowns or threatening them is important in this fight. Maybe not the most important thing in the world, but in general, it's important because trying to mix in those takedowns gets people worried about, oh, he's going to do this. Oh, uh oh, I need to worry about that. All you need to worry about Bobby now is his strikes. And Grant Dawson just going to come forward and shoot a whole bunch of takedowns. And let me just give you that wrestling stat. Um, between 2017 and 2020, Bobby Green had 16 takedowns. He has had literally zero since then. He's getting the fights, having fun out there, not really doing much else other than having fun, pumping the, pumping the jab out there and seeing what happens. I think Grant Dawson's going to wet blanket his way to a win. I think this is a very, very, very boring, boring fight with a ridiculous amount of control time. But Grant Dawson minus 425, that feels right. It could probably go even farther so high confidence pick in Granty Dawson. Yeah, I'm think? a I'm a I'm a big Bobby Green fan. I mean, King Green is, like, great. is one of my my favorite fighters. I, I think I've literally picked him in like every single fight that he has had. I even sat here and said when he took that short notice fight against Islam, I sat here and was like, listen, this guy's got real wrestling credentials. Don't be surprised if he hangs with the wrestling, defends some takedowns, and he's obviously the better striker in Islam and could give Islam some trouble. That didn't happen, but <laughs> but that's how that's how high I think of Bobby Green in his fighting abilities. He is a wrestler, or he's not a, he's not a wrestler, but he has wrestling background. He can wrestle. He can defend takedowns, and he is. I think we both agree, a hundred percent, the better striker in this matchup. I mean, it's not even close. He's the better striker in this matchup. The issue is, and I also. Admittedly, I'm a Grant Dawson hater. I fucking can't stand the guy. I said that Demir Ismagulov was going to come in and absolutely smoke this clown. And I have never seen, I've never seen in my life a, a, a grown man put another grown man in a fucking full Nelson. <laughs> That's just grown man the grown man, let alone a professional fighter putting... Another professional fighter in a fucking full Nelson. He had Demir Ismagulov in a fucking full Nelson in the third round of that fight. And ever since that moment, I was like, holy fucking shit. I'll show you the picture right now. I was like, holy fucking shit. This guy, I'm never going to pick against this guy again. The only thing that people are kind of worried about in this fight for Grant Dawson, and you're going to hear it time and time again, is, oh my God, he's going to get tired. 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 He might, but that's a big if. And to bet against a guy just hoping that he gets tired is like a very, very, it's not really a Hail Mary type situation, but it's a, it's a really big if, because even if he gets tired, and he has gotten tired in fights before, He's not a fucking quitter. This guy's 20 and one for a reason. Yeah, he might get tired. He might slow down. You might see him even in one fight. He was like kind of pulling guard, but then he uses that guard for a, a deep half, a sweep to try to get back into those positions. He's not going to stop even when he is tired. And all the wrestling will also, 
make Bobby Green tired. I mean, Bobby Green will get tired as well defending all that stuff. Neither one of these guys is really are quitters. This could go five rounds. I just can't pay. I mean, look. I mean, look at this. This is a. He did this to a professional fucking fighter. <laughs> He's just got a full Nelson just fucking with this guy. I thought that Demiris Magulov could be the fucking champion of the world. He's sitting there in the third round in a fucking full Nelson. <laughs> I'm going Grant Dawson in this fight. I just think he's just way too overwhelming. Just way too over. I mean, he just doesn't stop, man. He just yeah. does not stop. And even even Tony got on the hips of uh, of Bobby in that fight. I mean, really got on the hips, was threatening to take the back of Bobby early in that fight. If Tony's doing that, you know, I would love nothing more for Bobby to fucking win this fight. I'm going to be rooting for Bobby. But uh, I think Grant gets it done, man, unfortunately. Yeah, and I didn't want to. I, I love Bobby. Bobby's great. I guess I was just getting down on him because he was better. Like he, he literally used to be better. He's he's removing tools from his own arsenal. Before, when he had those nice takedowns, sixteen takedowns in three years, and he was threatening with takedowns, and it just opened up his already phenomenal striking. Once you just remove the takedown threat entirely, well, now you're just a very good striker. Which in most fights, okay, that could get you by. But, you know, Bobby Green had a nice streak. He was super popular. And the UFC's like, let's give him big fights. And then, you know, a couple he's of short a, notice fights, a couple of weird weird things later. And now, you know. And he's getting he's getting hit more and more. He used to be a guy that was like, you could not hit this guy. With the way that yeah. he fought with those low hands and the Philly shell, you could not hit this guy clean. He's getting hit. I mean, Drew Dober was, was, was hitting him. Uh, even Tony was hitting him at times in that fight. I mean, dropped him. He didn't really, I mean, he kind of more tripped and got dropped, but he's getting hit more and more as well. So even in the striking where he should dominate, and obviously he, I think he still can in this fight. He, you can see he's, I mean, he's, it just happens. You're 37. You start to slow down a little bit. Yeah, no, exactly. And yeah, I mean, that's just the, the sport we live in. I think Grant Dawson is, um, way too one dimensional to lose this fight. If that makes sense. Typically that's a problem. But I, he's just going to be so laser focused on the wrestling. There's not even going to be. I don't think Bobby's going to have opportunities to do anything. You else. know what? You know what? The the quote that I heard when I was breaking down film that I that I love that you might like. He says the only thing I need to know about my opponent is are they southpaw, are they orthodox, and what side do they guillotine from? And that's all I care about. <laughs> that's funny. It's yeah, like yeah. I, I know <laughs> I, I know what I'm doing, and I that's all I need to know. What, what, how do they stand, and which side do they guillotine from? And I'm good to go. That's pretty wild. That is funny. That is funny. Yeah, that is. Especially because, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving him a hard time for being boring. He's objectively boring. I don't care what anybody says. He he would be bored by himself watching it. 12 minutes of control time is well, especially boring. too, because, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of times he goes to that body triangle if he gets your back. Chills. And it's a lot, and it's a lot, easier, <laughs> it's a lot easier for control. But if you really want to work for a finish, it's better to get the hooks in, flatten them out, and, and do well, all that Well, you can't move. Stuff. Nobody's moving with the... Yeah. Right, with the body triangle. So he's, he's, he's content with just being boring where he could just throw hooks in, try to flip them over, try to flatten them out, really chase finishes. He might lose the position. But to your to your point, he he's fine with being bored. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's like he's he's you know exactly what he's going to do. You can trust him to do it. He's absolutely going to win this fight. And what I was saying is he's he's a he's a boring wet blanket wrestler, right? 
But famously, he beat the Olympian and was like, you know, crying in his post-fight um, interview, as he should have been, saying like, I barely wrestled till middle school or something. I forget what it exactly was. And he's like, and I just beat an Olympic medalist. And he's like, this is my proudest moment. And good for him. I mean, he is the epitome of look where hard work will get you. Because I don't think he's especially talented. I think Bobby Green's far more talented than Grant Dawson. But Grant Dawson works his ass off. I mean, Bobby shows Green. up. Comes Might forward. Be one of the most talented dudes in the UFC. That's not even joking. With his striking yeah. abilities mixed with his wrestling, he's just, he's a very overall. It's just uh, I think it's just time has passed him. Unfortunately, I think I think once he realized I'm not going to get a title shot, he was just like, well, then let me at least make my money. So then he started like, yeah, I'll take short notice fights. Yeah, I'll be fun. I'll go out there. I'll put on a show, and it worked for him because we all love. I don't think you're going to find anybody that doesn't like Bobby Green. So anyway, that's the breakdown. We are both squarely on Grant Dawson, ninety four hundred dollars. In a main event with that kind of wrestling, I think he's a must-play in your DraftKings lineup. Guys, become a premium member. We want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10. And speaking of $10, I'll give you five times that. And the only thing you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit. And I will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Got to use the link. It's affiliate marketing. You use my link. I get credit. And then I send you 50 bucks. It's just literally that simple. You can become a premium member with that money. Premium membership is going to get you the line movement tracker. You're going to get opening odds, current odds, win probability for every single fighter on every single card. You're going to get detailed data, metrics, and analytics to help you find your spots, avoid spots, do whatever you want with that data. But raw data from multiple sources takes a very long time to put together. And we do that for you. It is available instantly for every single fight you're gonna get courses jacob's gone my internet just cut out incredible timing is what jacob's text to me just said you're gonna get courses a lot of people say what the hell is DraftKings fantasy well this course is gonna walk you through exactly what it is just click on more in the menu and then courses you're going to get other analysts as well running mouth there's three people on the running mouth show you're gonna get all their bets all their picks all their insight you're gonna get Artem, you're going to get the pick doctor. He's an AI picking fights. Everything I mentioned, everything I didn't, we want picks.com. Click become a member. Guys, thank you so much for watching. You don't want to be a member. That's fine. Like, subscribe, do those things. We appreciate you.